Hello and welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. And I'm JP. And I'm Gareth. And hello everyone, it's Christmas week. We've uh, been a little while since we, we last recorded, got plenty to catch up on and yeah, wouldn't you know, it's fucking, it's Christmas on Friday lads, I don't know if that's even possible. Um, but you know, we've got plenty of Christmas plans, we can uh, get people in the uh, in the festive mood. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully that's, if we achieve anything today, that's what we'll do JP. I think we're struggling against the tide of tier four in the UK though, aren't we, in terms of cheering up people's Christmas spirit. Um, yeah, the South experiences what you experienced for quite some time and you can hear the fucking uproar, can't yeah. you? Yeah, um, tier four. <laughs> it's a story now. Yeah. It's happening to you guys and not just uh, us up north or our poor mates in, in the greater Manchester area. Oh, yeah. And now the government pays attention, and now all of a sudden it's yeah. Well, I, I'm being really, really glib, like people, because I'm in a tier two county, mm. but I'm surrounded by tier four counties, mm. and I'm assuming the only reason for that is a lot of Tories like to bugger off to Oxfordshire on weekends and the like. So it sounds about right, of course, that they'll keep Oxfordshire as, as tier two for the time being. But it is a shit state of affairs, mm. especially as. Um, this is one of yet another Boris climb down bullshit, 180 degree turn at this point. Mm. Um, and it, I don't know. I He talks, it's white noise Yeah. Um, at this stage. But um, yeah, D- Dave cancelled Christmas. <laughs> no one else. He said he'd have to be a monster to cancel stories. Christmas and now he's done. Yeah, which is basically him in plain sight saying, I'm a monster. By the way, yeah. The eaten honey monster is what I'm, f- I'm uh, like fond of calling him, but now he's just more like a shit babadook mm. with a fucking blonde fringe top. <laughs> it's an absolute fucking twat of a man. He'll be he'll resign in January. That's the big rumor, as well as him having an affair with a Russian ballerina. Oh, but I'm, uh, is this breaking news? That, yeah, I'm. I'm just going to throw that out there. Internet, do your work. (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Uh. Allegedly. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's a word I should Don't get grapple cancelled, JP. No, no. That's, well, just try to get everything else cancelled. Just a fucking wall of flames. Um, Have you sorted the lads out for Christmas week? That's what I want to know. What are they getting? Oh, yeah. We we started on the wire. Oh, Oh, I meant present-wise, but like, yeah, that's, that's good too. I think I think that's the greatest present all that a father can give, isn't mm. it? A- access to his brother's Irish Sky player, so we can watch all of the wire on there. It's 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 all sort of managed. It's all a bit of awesome, but yeah, no, it's uh, all Christmas shopping's done. Mm. Like this is as prepared as I've ever been, and I've not actually had to go to shops, which is something that I'm very very happy about. Mm. So yeah all good on that and and because they're teenagers they don't really give a shit and i'm kind of at that point myself mm. so i imagine for you gareth it's a very different kettle of fish yeah i'm at that delicate balancing stage now where alex definitely doesn't believe in father christmas and like you know he's just very kind of like open about it but you're still kind of trying to keep the dream alive a little bit for for the youngest one sort of thing so it's a it's that it's that tricky tricky stage there like that but He's uh, been fighting a losing battle with him a few year, for a few years. Like he, he came in a couple of years ago and was just banging on about like, does does Santa exist? Does Santa exist? And then we were feeding him all the standard lines, and then he like buggered off and came back holding his iPad and he was like, "I've just googled when is a good time to tell your kids that Santa doesn't exist." And they were like, <laughs> <laughs> "What? What? what, what? Like, 
like what do you say to that like when we were kids there was no fucking google yeah sort of uh, blowing yeah. it open for you it was that kind of thing so so yeah i think i've been on a slippery slope for a couple of years since that one uh, since that one came on the came on the agenda but again it does make life easier because you can kind of explain to them that like when you look and your sister's got more boxes to you that to open because you're buying her fucking little bits of tat that she's going to love for fucking eight quid here and 12 quid there and he's getting he's getting something that's like more expensive and a bit less it kind of makes you less paranoid and things like that because i'm always there like weighing it up like thinking fuck you don't want one of them to be like pissed off and just having like a massive argument on christmas morning that one looks like they've got more more than the other dad life that's it. i was gonna say like that that's the yeah. thing though like if, if i had obviously got no kids but if i had kids i'd want the credit like i'd be like if i've spent like fucking 500 quid on an xbox or a ps5 or something like that oh yes yeah, santa got it for you fuck you i pay for it like, it came out of my way <laughs> you little bastards like, i feel like it's good that they know yeah and there is nothing worse at that point like early morning and you've worked like a motherfucker to get all these degrees of presence and basically make sure they get what they want mm. and then there's a row over nothing mm. because the bag is slightly bigger from the other mm. one and you're just thinking is this the kind of shit you're going to throw back at me in about 10 years time as some sort of psychological damage because if so I'm calling bullshit on it now <laughs> like this is nothing to complain about. <laughs> that's it um but yeah, sakes. no kids involved for me. Like basically, what that means is I'm in work. I'm working from home the next couple of days. Managed to uh, to squeeze in a TLC and final battle today, but the rest of my working from home week will be me starting on my my usual Christmas films, which they're not all Christmas films, but they kind of are. Like I'll throw Die Hard in, I'll throw Home Alone in, mm. I'll watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I know it's a Thanksgiving film, but we don't have Thanksgiving, so it kind of counts as a Christmas film for me. Loading up the box sets and stuff. That's basically my plan this week. It's just yeah, I'm gonna go and do like my midnight shop. Um, at the big Tesco tomorrow, I'm gonna literally go at midnight. Uh, I think that's the uh, that, that's the wise decision. I think, uh, and just get a load of booze and food, and really, uh, and just stuff myself because I can only see my mum on Christmas Day anyway. Now, so you know, I've got a whole load of time to just uh, just hang out and just yeah, get fat until Wrestle Kingdom. That's kind of my plan. Sounds like a good plan to me. Mm. Catch up on some Dragon Gate as well. Is it a nice Tesco's the one near you? Is it like a sort of a nicer shopping experience in the new? Place? Well, it's a Tesco extra. Um, which is the nearest one to me. They're only up until 10, though, JP, so I'm going to have to go to the one that's open later a bit further away. Might go to Asda, might go to Sainsbury's, cheat myself, you know? That's, uh, you know, I can't go to any. The Asda. The Asda, yeah. I think we clarified. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody who replied. It's a very Liverpool thing I found from the, the comments on the last podcast. No one else calls it the Asda, it's just us. Well, I, I found a gigantic home and bargain, oh. even though it's just called home bargains. I sent you you guys photos of it when I was walking through. Oh, yeah, I was just kayfabe in there Saturday. for the sake of the show. But, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. <laughs> kayfabe. <laughs> I am aware, yes. Fucking, it's an ex-Toys R Us, which apparently is the same thing that's happened to you guys. Absolute beast of a story. Mm. It's got his own cafe in, which just seems obscene. Mm. Almost. And then I thought, this is very 2020 Britain, isn't it? These are the mega stores. Home bargain. <laughs> it's the place. It's our Walmart. a fucking pandemic. <laughs> it is, yeah. The Liverpool Walmart. <laughs> Uh, I will say, I will say, I went to my local Tesco at the weekend, and we I tr- tried some uh, some white claws, which is like the most like white trash drink uh, that you've ever heard of. Like the you Joey Janellas of the world are, are big fans of, apparently. 
dangerous stuff, I'm telling you. I think that'll be getting a few of them in for Christmas. It's like it's like a hundred calories, so it's suit you, JP, with your uh, with your current fitness regime and you, Gareth, with your running. Uh, hundred calories, still five percent, and it's basically like drinking fizzy water. Like it is a dangerous yeah. grain drinking those things. You will you will like get drunk very quickly if you're not careful. It's it's a fighting drink, Benno. Mm. Just gonna throw that oh, out is there. It? There'll be people having I I have got no evidence of that <laughs> statement, really. But it's the kind of stuff that you could see people getting fucked on mm. and drinking it alongside something else like some spirits. And then before you know it, fisty cuffs and shit. <laughs> um, you could certainly have it. Did you, you did you just have it? Did you just have one, Benno, or did you actually get twelve? I, I was, was trying it? like the the, cher- the cherry flavor, uh, raspberry flavor, lime flavor. I wanted to like give it like a, a good go with like the different ones. And my idea was I was going to switch back to beer, uh, but I realized like four or five in that's not a good idea. You don't want to mix up. Uh, so like stuck to one, and yeah, it was good. But again, like it is, it's like it's it's it, you get that feeling of just oh I'm thirsty, I'll have some more, and before you know it, the can's gone. Um, I understand now why the uh, the Jerichos of the world and uh, and other elite athletes obviously uh, <laughs> are drinking that stuff. It's down. still a jazzed, it's still a jazzed up hooch, isn't it? At the end of the day, mm, that's true. That's true. No, nothing that'll ever compare to hooch. Did it feel like you were actually? Did it feel like you were drinking booze though? Can you tell you're drinking booze? Not really. No, it's it's a bit like it's a bit alcohol poppy in that way, and a bit like like I say, because you can just taste taste the black cherry or the raspberry or whatever. Like if you're a fan of fizzy water, and I am, I know it's a controversial take, but I do I do, do feel like sparkling water is always a good drink. Oh, yeah. um, if you have the the flavored ones, there you go. Gareth's got one here on the <laughs> on the stream. There isn't video, so no one can see it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a good alternative to beer is all I'd say. Uh, you guys going to be getting like the, the either you done like the uh, the thing where you get like the Christmas I've seen like advent calendars for beer for Christmas and stuff like that I know a few people have been doing that I, I just got a, I, I just got a beer delivery today the um when um when I did grabs and claps like Chris and me like sent me a link to get some free beer 52 beer and I forgot to forgot to cancel the subscription <laughs> as you do with these types of things so, suddenly, got a load of, suddenly got a load of beer arrive on the doorstep today which isn't a bad thing I suppose uh, before Christmas looks pretty uh, looks pretty good so that's the uh, that's the start of it anyway but um, mm. yeah no definitely need to do the uh, definitely need to do the Christmas booze run because there's uh, not much going, going on and if we're going to just be stuck in the house yeah. uh, all the time don't want to be fucking running out there. No, oh, that's it. That's it. Got a party at home. That's 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 the idea for this Christmas under under Boris's Boris's uh, England. We'll all be in tier four soon anyway, so you know might as well make the most of it while we can. Um, but yeah, I was going to say as well uh, this week, JP. I, I'm sorry to to bring it up, but you know there was a uh, there was some football on at the weekend that I think some people wanted us to talk about. A um, couple of interesting games at the weekend. Um, yeah, you okay, mate? You all right? No, the, I don't know really. Thanks for that. It wasn't something I particularly wanted to bring up. And this is on the back of Watford losing the All-Ireland the week before, which was heartbreaking as well. And that's a much more emotional thing because no one's getting any money. Mm. Whereas Arsenal just raises levels of anger. Mm. Because you could ask a simple question and I'll give you a bit of a thread of a reply about all the various issues at Arsenal. Do you know what was worse? I didn't even think Everton had to play well to win. It was just like a really comfortable win. Um, yeah, relegation form. Yeah, this is this is new. This is novel. Um, but there is such a shower of shite at that club, and I just want to see him go. I really do. The numbers don't it's lie, like mate. David, Lu- no, they don't. No. <laughs> did you see his worst? In- did you see his Steiner promo, Mikel Arteta? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> Rough. And uh, yeah, 
oh, I don't like. I don't want him to go. I kind of want him to succeed more than anything else. You start hearing that stuff, you go, oh, fucking hell, we are fucked, aren't mm. we? I may, maybe we should have been the ones to get big Sam Aladici in um, rather than West. Oh, Rock. don't do that. Um, ben Nevate is not worth it. You, do, were you not a season ticket holder? Oh, no, mine was long ago at that point, and I was glad. Like you, you, oh, okay. you're not going the ground once a week to watch Big Sam football. Like fuck that. That would be that would literally be the opposite of like where you're square with Arsenal to where you are now. Like Jesus. Yeah, that's yeah. We we can't go back to that. But yeah, I think this is we're shockingly bad, and we're mm. on more dire. Fulham can go above us, like next well, week. There we go. At, at Big that Tone gets us win. Yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> And when Big Tone's out thinking you on a football front, like questions are there to be asked. Mm. Not his booking. I expect him to win Booker of the Year. But yeah. Some, and they were fucking robbed because it shouldn't have been a um, a penalty at all. Was it a penalty that Newcastle got? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Along those? Like a red card, wasn't it? Yeah, penalty. Six points for Callum Wilson for my fantasy team. So it was, it was, it was perfectly legal as far as oh, I was concerned. Oh, I mentioned that bastard in thing. I didn't captain Salah. We, me and Gareth both did, and we both had that horrible feeling in the morning of fuck when he didn't start. And then he came on for half an hour and he still got like, what was it, 18 points or something? Yeah, yeah. No. That was it. Just to turn, I was saying JP before, I just like totally turned my mood around when I saw the team announced like before the game. I was on, mm. that was, like, I was on a down of. For the weekend at that point, I was thinking, fuck, another fucking weekend of Fantasy League up the, up the Swanee. But then like, 90 minutes later, Salah's on, bags a couple of goals and assists, and there you go. I'm dancing around the kitchen all afternoon with a, uh, more, more so with the fantasy points, really, than the uh, than the 7-0 win for Liverpool. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. no, it was a nice, uh, nice turnaround, that one, because I was definitely fearing the worst when he was uh, when he was on the bench there, as, as you clearly were too. Yeah, that's it. Worked out well. Uh, like, that's always about. It's my main bit of advice. Fancy football, JP. Always captain Salah. Uh, if we ever start that fancy football podcast, that's probably what I'd call it. Uh, and that's coming from me and Evertonian. Um, but yeah, I think Gareth had a much better weekend than us two well, in that regard. I'm, I'm glad to hear on a sporting front that both of you had a cracking time this week. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't even rub it well in. Done. You know, you know. No, I know. I think you've been remarkably good about this. I've just gone into what I like to think of as a Mugabe media lockdown. Where I just avoid any conversation. I avoid any news. I don't go on any websites. I got a subscription to The Athletic. And it's like, well, I have to fuck that off now for the third week running. Because it's like, I'm not listening to this. Um, yeah, it's 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 at that, that point. I'm, I'm not like, I don't know. I'll tell you what, Josh, I'll say the Cronkies are fucking with the wrong people here. Because there are some mental Arsenal fans. And if something happened and they went down... I shudder to think how some of these lot would respond because he wouldn't be good. As an Evertonian, I just think keep Arteta in the job as long as he wants it, mate. You know, like I say, the numbers don't lie. You have a one in four chance of uh, of beating Everton with a seventy four percent chance of a clean sheet or whatever it was he was saying. He's speaking sense to me, mate. He deserves more time. That's what I think. And I mean, he has got he has got all them years of uh, top level managerial pedigree <laughs> to lean on. Hasn't he? He's going to be drawing back on all those experiences of, 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 of the past to, to get you out of the hole, isn't he? 
Well, I was going to say, like, on, on a managerial front, like, if people are bored by the fancy football type talk, like, if you're a fancy football manager in the Grapple League, I, I did want to mention, you know, this this will this will cheer you up, JP. We're at the business ends of the season uh, in Grapple Fancy League and Fancy League in general. There's blank game weeks coming up. There's double game weeks coming up. I'm just going to tell everyone either go and follow the Planet FPL podcast or go and follow Ben Krellen on Twitter. And there's a whole they've done a podcast about it, and Ben Krellen himself has done a layout about it. JP in a couple of weeks. There's a blank game week. There's a double game week at game week 19. There's another double game week at game week 26. More blanks. Like that's that. This is where your chips come in handy. You, you, if anyone's still sitting on the wild cards, the wild card runs out next week. So you either use it this game week or next, or you you lose it. Uh, you get two a season. You get your second one uh, once January begins. You know. Yeah. This this is make or break time, JP. This is this is the time where uh, we separate the men from the boys. Uh, the, the, the time of the league that uh, the, the grizzled veterans like me and Gareth look forward to. Are you going to be using these chips, Benno, to get back in the top 30? Or even wow. the top 20? <laughs> I knew that was coming. I set myself up there. Listen. <laughs> hey, I'm one of the only people in our league who uh, who had a Chelsea player. I'm just, I'm literally just looking at it because of the games tonight. I think I got a couple of points. Am I in the top? Was it? No, I didn't. Even. 34th. Okay, I'm close. I'm getting closer. As you know, Gareth... Separate the men from the boys this time of season. While people who've wasted the wild cards and the bench boosts and the triple captains, it's going to come back to haunt them now. Yeah, yeah. you want to be in the mix, don't you? At this point, and I, I like to think that's that's probably where we both sat. Really, just just there on the edge, just uh, like Steve Cram, just uh, Steve, Steve Cram, just hanging there at the back, uh, waiting to to burst through the middle as we uh, get on that last lap of the uh, of the of the sixteen hundred meters. So uh, yeah, well, uh, we'll just we'll, waiting we'll, for the we'll pacemakers to piss off. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, well, Paul, yeah, like I say, if you're not in the Grapple League already, join it. Um, but yeah, should make for an, uh, an entertaining Christmas coming up. But speaking of Christmas, I did want to, uh, before we get into like the meat of the show, I did want to uh, get some plugs in early um, just to talk about what we've got planned coming up over the Christmas period. And it is a lot. Um, we're going to do a few specials over the Christmas periods. We're going to, again, we're going to do our match of the year um, podcast that we did last year at the, at the end of the season. Obviously, Wrestle Kingdom's coming up as well. And and next week, we're going to do a, a bit of a, another live show. Um, it's Christmas. We all want to sit, like we talked before, get our white claws in, get our, our fancy IPAs and have a few beers. So what we're going to try and do this year is uh, next Sunday, um, the day after Boxing Day, uh, 27th for the, uh, the Americans and Canadians, if there's any of them left after all that football talk then. Um, um, we will be doing a live show and we'll be doing a bit of a, a Q&A, maybe, maybe a, a bit of a Christmas quiz from JP. I'm putting him on the spot here, mentioning it, uh, mentioning it live. Uh, just Shit. generally, <laughs> a bit of a hangout is what I'll advertise it as. The uh, the Big Grapple Christmas show, the uh, the show we will not call uh, Ask Rev Joe for legal reasons anymore. Um, there's no legal reasons. There's no nothing to worry about. There really honestly, is no legal reasons. <laughs> it's just he's not here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, just, that sounds too bad. Um, yeah, but the, the, you know, the, normally we will we would do a, a Q and A this time of year. We thought, yeah, we'll mix it up this year. We'll do a live show. We'll all have a few beers. Nine o'clock next Sunday, and yeah, obviously it'll be uh, live on the uh, on the Grapple YouTube. Uh, people can join in, uh, join the chat, throw us some questions that way, um, and we'll throw in a bit of a, uh, I suppose, 
the idea would be like to throw in an, another hashtag. What we thinking? Ask Grapple um, for the uh, for the hashtag if you want to get your questions in early. I mean, we'll be pumping it all the way through, like uh, you know, the, the period through Christmas and through the next week or so. But yeah, that that you know, if you want to get your uh, you want to ask JP any burning questions about all he watches wrestling in fields, or you've got uh, any stat related questions, home and bargain related questions, anything really it doesn't have to be wrestling. Um, yeah, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a big old party next Sunday. Questions. <laughs> we'll still answer them, you know, throw that yeah. into. But it's, yes, really looking forward to that one. Um, I was going to say, Ben, if some of them have got some sort of, you know, some creative listeners that we have on this show, if they want to come up with some sort of suggestion for it, because we can't, let's just throw that out there, then, uh, you know, please feel free. Yeah, because we're just going to get pissed and, and stream. And, you know, we might even have some of our, our friends in podcasting join us at various points as well. Um, you know, it's just going to be... A, I, I was saying to you guys before we press record, the bigger the shit show it is, usually the better the show it is. So, you know, we'll uh, we'll all maybe try and have a couple of beers in the afternoon and uh, <laughs> turn it into a real mess. That's kind of my idea. Yeah, it sounds like a plan. Yeah, and to so be honest, I think the, the, way the, nation, the way the national slash international mood at the minute... Mm. It really is. Let's get fucked, people. You know? We could all do with a party, I think. I think we so. could all do with several parties. I think we could all do <laughs> with two weeks off, where there's an attitude of what happens in those two weeks stays in the two weeks. For sure, for sure. Well, that's that it. So dark. I'm not talking <laughs> purge. <laughs> Uh, look, it's the uh, it's the it's the it's the period of uh, of Zoom dates and uh, internet game nights and all kinds. JP, we've got to uh, oh, we've got to move with the time, so you know people can join us if they're if they're bored over the Christmas period. So yeah, it's a bank holiday on Monday as well, so no excuse not to uh, to stay up late with us on the night. So yeah, we'll be doing that next Sunday, um, which again is the twenty seventh. Uh, the week after will be our Wrestle Kingdom review. We're going to record re- review both days with Steph on Tuesday night uh, after the second Wrestle Kingdom day. Uh, um, so that will be out uh, in everyone's feeds, and then the week after that, we get to uh, to match of the year time. Um, same as we did last year, we'll be doing our our top ten countdown of the year, and we might have a, a guest and uh, maybe even a couple of uh, guest uh, voicemails in there and stuff as well that we're uh, we're currently working on. But yeah, that's always a uh, a big time of the year for uh, for grapple, isn't it, Gareth? Yeah, it's uh, it's coming around to that time again. Like God, I can't believe it's I can't believe it's twelve months since I was sat in your spare room recording that show. Anyway. Your What's debut, up? mate. Yeah, yeah. God, a lot happened in twelve months. I didn't think I'd be uh, sat here doing this every fucking week when I uh, pop around for a quick uh, uh, when I pop around for a quick chat through the Grapple Top Ten. Uh, this, time, <laughs> this time last year, but here we are. Yeah. But yeah we'll and it took uh, you a year in your politic Joe out of the seat. So well done, mate. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't, everyone. He didn't. He, he saved us one for an event. Well, there's, there's no smoke without fire, though, is there, Ben? Uh, uh, D- Dave Jones' autobiography, No Smoke, No Fire. <laughs> great, great, greatest title for an autobiography ever. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, we'll be, be putting the uh, Grapple 100 again out, um, which obviously be launching that around that time as well so you know it'll be you know looking at the top 10 based on on app user average ratings as well alongside our own so like i'm sure there's going to be a, a big bit of crossover there but like last time i'm sure there's a few things on rewatch maybe aren't as uh, as good as you you thought in the moment i know that cody dustin match was a big faller for you wasn't it ben, of, uh, yeah last year so i think once you get a uh, once we get stuck back into it and there's probably a load of matches here maybe that um We'll be watching like in front of crowds and things like that. That maybe mm. once on the rewatch, a 
probably going to seem even better. You know, when you're going back and watching some of these early matches from the air, they're going to feel a bit more electric than some of these cold, uh, empty arena matches and things like that. So, yeah, quite looking mm-hmm. forward to, to digging back into it and re-watching a few things. Yeah, it's an interesting year, isn't it? Because it's basically, we're going to be, re- it's you're reviewing two years. Like, January to March is not the same year as, like, April to now, is it? And even, like, during that period, there's, like, there was the dead period, wasn't there? Like, April to, what, August? Like, you know, and you can say same as me, JP, when we didn't think we'd even have, like, anything to talk about on the podcast. And we still managed to find stuff, you know? It's still, we still, uh, still filled our time, but it was, it was tough. And then we've kind of got this last period, like, September to December, where you kind of got the clap crowds and, like, like AW bringing like some people back, yeah. I haven't given a huge amount. I, I know what like my highest rated matches are uh, on the grapple app, but yeah, once I actually come to rewatch stuff, and that'll be interesting to see what holds up and what doesn't uh, from this mm-hmm. because It's been a, it's been an absolute fucker of a year, which again is why we need to have a drink next week. I think. I think so. Nothing else. I mean, I, I would treat next week's that show as as almost a therapy session. <laughs> where we just sort of get out our angst in that regard. I mean, it's interesting yeah. you mentioned about the top 10s. I was having a look through, I filtered through the Grapple app and had a look at my top 10. Mm. And there's lots of stuff in there and I'm thinking, really? That's there? And I'm kind of intrigued to see where it is. I know Gareth mm. brought a stat the other day of the kind of hidden gems, the ones that have got relatively low ratings on there as well. And there's a few things on mm. there that I did want to catch up on. that I've. Um, so I've got my watch list set up on the app as well about, okay, I need to watch these. Um, so as long as I'm like, kind of doing that that's what i'm aiming to do to to get ready for that which probably means some wacky shit will work its way in but hey yeah that's me makes it more interesting you're going to rewatch that gcw match mate that uh that, that's going to appear on my list no? oh watch the epic shame page no? what, him, and, him and nick gage <laughs> that might not make my top 10 no. <laughs> it'll be near though it'll be in the honorable mention but that's the thing you look back at your, your ratings and like there, there are times where like that one i'm quite happy with but there's other matches where you're like i gave that four and a half but i also gave like you know this four and a half or like you know it's like and not all four and a halves are the same you know when you look at it in mm. retrospect like, oh, maybe that should have been a 4.25 maybe that should have been a four maybe that should have been a five uh what else we got to do over the christmas period though to then to uh to pointlessly re-rank all this stuff that's where we are now for the next you know certainly in the uk there's a large majority of us not fucking going anywhere <laughs> there you go yes yeah. well, dominic more. cummings though who's probably having a fucking <laughs> you'll be back raving fucking durham this time now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll get an answer again in january rules yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, his fault his fucking fault like i'm sorry when that happened he fucked it for everyone <laughs> Very true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but but anyway. I will make sure I watch those stardom main events in order to get the star ratings. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Tokyo Joshi Pro, get that into. Um, but yeah, basically the pitch is spend your Christmas with us. What else have we all got to do? Uh, and again, all dependent on my internet holding up. I am still uh, connected via uh, a bit of sticky tape and some uh, a couple of cups tied together by a bit of string but hopefully we'll all be sorted uh, for those live shows if you if you're hearing this things are kind of running so that's good um but yeah you can look forward to that over the next couple of weeks and like you said uh, anyone's got any ideas let us know on twitter and also yeah if anyone wants you know i'll just throw it out there if someone wants to do a graphic or something for us i'll take that too you know uh, art from the community yeah. you know joe mills you're out there somewhere you know sort of that. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, anyway, yeah, I look forward to that in the, in the coming weeks. But uh, yeah, we should probably get into this week's show. Obviously, we uh, had a bit of a break since our last show. We recorded on a Friday night, so that came up Saturday morning, and this has kind of been the first time where things have uh, built up a little bit for us to uh, to get back into our reg- regular schedule. Uh, but before we get into the reviews, lads, I, I did want to say there's been some some big breaking news tonight. A, a WCW legend has uh, has passed on. Um, one Kevin Green. The uh, the football player. I'm sure you both got uh, got big memories of Kevin Green, the, uh, the the rogue horseman. You know, Steve McMichael's nemesis. Discuss. I mean, we had we had tiny list there. We had some big names, Pat Patterson, over the last few weeks. Uh, I feel like that's up there. You know, to taken too soon, really, <laughs> at this stage. I would assume my memory of Kevin Green was he was surprisingly good mm. as at being a wrestler. That was the thing. I'm trying to think. What was the multi-man take? I'd, I'd need to have a look at the the Kevin Green cage match profile for it because <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to say that at all. You said someone had died, and I thought, is he going to be? I don't know. Someone like you're going to some sort of RoboCop reference or something like that. Um, I, I was I was thinking the guy who played Wildcat Willie or something like that was going to have died there, not yeah. somebody of actual relevance. Oh wow! Give us a chance, but I'm just going on to his career on here. Five matches. Go on, give us the retrospective, JP, on the spot. Uh, oh, so this is the one I remember. Yeah, I remember the Anderson Flair versus Green and McMichael. And that's when McMichael turns on him. Mm. Is that right? Twenty minutes. That was <laughs> twenty minutes, which seems excessive. Um, wow. I haven't seen that for a very long time. Then it was him, Ric Flair, and Roddy Piper defeat the the NWO. Um, mm-hmm. Nash Hall and six, and again that was a good seventeen twenty. God, that'd have been awful, wouldn't it? Pipe, I don't know. Piper was fucking shocking then. Uh, I remember like Flair hating that feud because like Flair on the Horseman side kind of got paired with X Pac all the time, and it was yeah. like I'm bigger than this. <laughs> I shouldn't. I shouldn't be the one feuding with six, the Cruiserweight Champion. And it was such a politicking move, wasn't it? For that mm. to be the case. Yeah, then Green beats McMichael at um, the Great American Bash 97 in 1921. I've got the cage match on. I just realised you can literally do this. There's five matches. <laughs> five matches. Then he beats the... Uh, this is intriguing. On Nitro, he beats the Giant by DQ in a minute. Hmm. Like, what the fuck was the story there? No his recollection final of match, Well, his final match is when the Giant beats him. Yeah, gets the, the re- gets the receipt, you know, gets the uh, the he, payoff. He gets the payoff there. In <laughs> Seven that, minutes. In that classic giant versus Kevin Green feud that seemed to dominate nineteen ninety eight. I think that's the that's that's the weird thing for me. There is like because I've just done the same and like clicked on that and, and then only seen like five matches and it felt like it definitely felt mm. like it did a lot more and maybe it's just because you're like look at that and it spans like the middle of 1996 to the middle of 1998 so he's obviously had this back and forth presence like if you'd have mm. said to me i'd have definitely thought he had he had more than five matches in that that time period i mean i wouldn't say uh, like he made a massive dent probably there so when you said it there about like my brain's immediately thinking like what the fuck can i say about kevin green and, like <laughs> <laughs> like literally, I was, I was like struggling there on the spot for like big memories kind of thing to come. come mostly to just well said. Sorry, I was just say mostly just stood in the background while Flair cut a promo with me and Gene in the aisle, didn't he? He was just there. that was the thing. He was just there. He was just always on Nitro. He was always around. And like I say, they had the the Mongo stuff as well, which was a bit weird that like Kevin Green team with Flair, but Mongo was still in the Horseman. Um, but yeah, I think it was just because, because for me as a kid, as like a 12 year old watching this stuff in like 96 and 13 and 97, it was just like, you 
I had no knowledge of American football, so it was kind of like, why is this dude who's green as grass, who doesn't appear to have any real charisma, like being treated as such a big deal? I, I assume it means he was a big deal in the football world. I thought you might be able to answer that one, Gareth, but like my knowledge on him is uh, is very limited. Yeah, I mean, he had a fucking good good career. Like he was he was in the NFL for a bloody long time. Like, and you know, he like you know he played. God, you know, like he, he spanned over a decade, which for somebody like playing linebacker there, you know, it's, it's, it's with the average career that somebody's got in the NFL, like, you know, God, he was, you know, must, you know, somebody who was like an, an elite NFL player, you know, so obviously mm-hmm. he had that element of profile that meant that he, he brought it into, into uh, WCW, you know, absolute, you know, top level, top level player, but Again, when you purely think from a wrestling standpoint, like <laughs> I was, uh, I was like struggling off the bat there, you know. But he's, uh, oh god, you know, he's like certified, like you know, multi-time Pro Bowler and things like that from an from an NFL standpoint. So I'd, I'd imagine that the obituaries are uh, going to be leaning much more heavily towards his football career than his uh, than his wrestling career when they when they're breaking over the next uh, next twenty four hours. Interestingly, he had more matches in WCW than Dennis Rodman. Oh. Who had four in total. And I didn't realise there has been five Rodman matches. I don't know anything about this. The IGW World Heavyweight title, Kurt Hennig defeats Dennis Rodman in 8 minutes 46 at the Sydney Superdome in Sydney, New South Wales, Australia. IGW superstars of wrestling, Rodman down under. So I've completely gone off on that. 10,000 of that, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Do you wish you were one of them, JP? Oh my God, this card is. Oh, that's the main event. Five match card, mate. Road Warriors defeat Public Enemy in a double tables match. Year nice. 2000, this is. Barbarian... Hulk and Animal aren't doing the job to Public Enemy. No chance. No. Barbarian defeats Brute Force. Um, Sweet Destiny with Aussie Joe defeats Brandy Wine with Sugar Daddy. Who are these people? This is incredible. IGW Australasian title, right? So you're thinking, all right, that's, you know, it'll probably be, you know, New Zealand. No, it's one man gang defeats Tatanka in 16 minutes 12 in the year 2000. I mean, one man gang was struggling to move as Akeem in like 1990. Mm. What a fucking 10,000 people watch that. <laughs> I'm, I, there's a story there like mm. I, I, I refuse to believe the like I mean they must have been starved of entertainment that fucking day in Sydney Jesus sorry <laughs> well on that note R.I.P. Kevin Green yeah, yeah exactly rest in <laughs> peace Kevin Green this is what he would have wanted an off topic conversation about Dennis Rodman if you're the real I mean it's, it's you know he died at he's 58 which is you know extremely sad like the, mm. the days you know, dying at that age if you want the real story I would just you know that the headlines are all about, like, yeah, third all time in sacks, uh, apparently. I assume that's a meet, that's a thing. Uh, Collected. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> apparently, he terrorized opposing quarterbacks through his 15 year career. Um, yeah. The uh, pro wrestling. Was it CTE the, uh, related? Because that's mm. always one of the things I think now of any, like, certainly when it comes to American football, um, like any player who ends up dying at that kind of young age. Because mm. I know there's been a big thing with rugby as well about, like, you know, players have, have dementia in their early 40s and things like mm. that so it just kind of make you wonder about that which yeah, then brings no it around to chris, that, yes. chris Novinsky again um mm. 
that that's just a load of bollocks though that that fucking trying to sue like the the rfl like sorry the rfl i'm in rugby league mode the rfu for all that all that money because what you because you played rugby and you didn't what did you not realize you're going to be making physical contact head to head with people without you know i do kind of think like just don't be a rugby player and like just do something else like anything else you know it comes down bollocks yeah, it's it's about how it, it, I think the thing is, is it just sort of went completely undiagnosed. And we say this with wrestling, and we spoke about Benoit quite a while back, and and, um, and about this stuff. It just wasn't something that was ever on the radar. Um, and in fact, one of the things we're going to talk about a show where there was an unprotected chair shot to the head, and that felt like a real shock for me because it was like shit. I haven't seen one of those in actually quite a bit of time. Mm. Um, and they're the things that seem to have been kind of very carefully outlawed out of wrestling, even though in and of itself, wrestling is always going to have that kind of potential for head trauma, isn't it? Mm. But again, like, so, I, I think so... you, you can only do so much, though, can't you? Like, I think, mm. you know, like, I'll, like, I used to, like, I mentioned the, um, the death match from GCW earlier in the year. I remember, you know, Joe was never a fan of that stuff. And, you know, yeah, okay, that's not good for your body, but wrestling in general is not good for your body. Like, how many people in the, it was like, remember when Daniel Bryan, like, semi-retired? And, like, I remember having that conversation. Like, do you really think Daniel Bryan is more hurt than literally anyone who's done a G1? Like, wrestling is, like, it is what it is. You can do what you can to, to, to reduce, like, head trauma and stuff. But, you know, if that's the career you choose, that's the career you chose. Like, there is no, you could just go and do something else. Um, as callous as that is to say, that's just kind of the truth of it. There's no... You can't really pale clutch when it comes to wrestling because even your safest... WWE style, like, is going to fuck up somebody's body, never mind the stuff that we love from Japan and, and elsewhere. Yeah, like, surprise, surprise, like, landing on your head or, like, you know, falling on your, your back on multiple times every single night's bad for you. What a yeah. surprise. Weird the way they're all morons as well, isn't it? How strange is that? These people who land on their head for a living are all fucking stupid. Like, wow. <laughs> Not all. You know, we've got some wrestlers who listen who probably aren't that stupid, but, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of them. <laughs> oh, it's bad. But, so, sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm slightly distracted here. I'm sitting scrolling through <laughs> these uh, IGW superstars of wrestling shows at the minute and just thinking, how the hell can I watch some of these? <laughs> just, uh, yeah, that's just Patreon the- content. I was, was, was going to say, I'm looking at this first one, and it's like the uh, the show average, <laughs> the show average rating from 11 votes on cage matches 1.58 out of 10. <laughs> like, mm. can you imagine how bad that show is? <laughs> <laughs> That's worse than like heroes of wrestling. I was going to say heroes of wrestling, like jumpstart. Heroes of wrestling's one where like I remember Power Slam were covering it in like the 90s, and you know mm. Finn Martin had always mentioned it. But they never actually reviewed it. So as a kid, I didn't know what he was talking about. He kept talking about this terrible show. And I didn't really understand what it was until I got older and I saw the YouTube clips of like a, a pissed Jake Roberts and uh, all of the other lowlights from that show. It, it can't be worse than that. I don't know, mate. He's given it... Well, it, doesn't, it won't have that kind of stuff happening, but I just imagine there'd be some horrific subpar WWE-style angles going on there. Mm. Yeah. All manner of... And it's just, in some ways, a real tragedy seeing like Kurt Hennig on a card like that mm. and how he ended up. Because um, one of the things I was I was thinking to myself, oh, matches to go back and watch. And it was like, do you know what? I haven't watched Perfect versus Heart from SummerSlam 92 in a really long time. Mm. And I'm just, you know, just tr- going back, wanting to kind of have a look at a bit more sort of Bret Hart in general, really. Yes. Yeah. 
it's always one of the tragedies with Henny because then by the time he was clear to wrestle in WCW, it was just like it didn't work, did it? Not the it same. Kind of wasn't at that level. He wasn't the same. Mm. Yeah. It's just like if it wasn't going to... And he was an absolute agony in 92 as well, wasn't he? He was like his back was really an absolute mess by that point. But then you think of the bumps he would have taken, whereas here, God knows what it would have looked like. Mm. Oh, God. Go. Uh, yeah. I'm, John, you, I mean, at the end of the day, when you say, now, oh, like, bad this is going to be, did you say, like, what man going against Tatanka went 16 minutes? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Sounds, in sounds like a bomb better. Imagine watching the one man gang in the year two thousand going for sixteen minutes. <laughs> hey, Tatanka, Tatanka was still on SmackDown not long after that. Remember, he had that second, that weird second run in like the twenty tens. Yeah. Go all in half an hour. Book PN News to go fucking Broadway. If you're going to go That's... big with this stuff, just go absolutely wild. Yeah, yeah we're going to get in Van Hammer, and we're going to get him to work two out of three falls over eighty minutes. Like he's in, like we've slotted him in instead of Kenny Omega against the Carter at Dominion. Just <laughs> like in some ways, that's that's almost like avant-garde performance art. art. Like how can mm. we turn off our audience in a fucking heartbeat? Mm. Yeah, we're gonna make these two just go long. <laughs> Quite not. So there you go. Once again, R.I.P. Kevin Green. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's our trivia. And uh, look, and, we were unprepared. An R.I.P. Paul Dodd. We we won't go any further than that. Um, wow! If I if I could add on, like yeah, I, I all I'll say is, if there's someone who deserved a floral tribute that just said bastard on it, I think Paul Dodd might be one of those people, like, <laughs> which is awful because I know the man has died. But the impression I got, Gareth, is he had he was nowhere near repenting for what he had done. <laughs> no, no he doubled fucking down on it. De- definitely worthy of that floral tribute, JP. But uh, that's a that's just a little reference there for an audience of one. Uh, there you go, John <laughs> McGee. You don't need to stop listening to the podcast anymore. Yeah. There we go. Also, just to throw in, I think Kevin Green would have beaten the shit out of him. There you go, Kev. Mm. There's the RRIP you deserve, mate. <laughs> well, well. Speaking of head trauma, JP, you mentioned it before. Uh, first up, we're going to do a bit of a. Fuck, speaking of head trauma, we're going to do a bit of a catch up on uh, on AEW's week uh, since we last recorded. Not just crossing promotions, really. Um, you mm. know, catching a bit of AAA in here, a bit of Impact in here, a bit of Dynamite too. Um, Kenny Omega's Mad Week is probably the uh, the headline for this. Uh, I assume you were up late watching Triple Mania uh, last weekend, JP. We were uh, we were there till five in the morning watching her on YouTube with the other. 3,000 thousand people, whoever it was. Uh, actually, it did, I think it did a bit better than that. It was like 10,000 at one point, I think. I just assumed mm. you were one of the people. Uh, I had a I had a multi-stream going. I had AAA going. I had the Impact pay-per-view going. I kind of had New Japan going at the same time as well, but I just didn't really care about the uh, the Jacob, to be honest. It was, uh, it was a wild night in wrestling. I basically fell asleep early. Um, oh, no. I don't really have any other better explanation than that. So I caught up on a lot of this stuff on the Sunday. But the mm. first thing I went is to YouTube to see the the AAA one um, on there, which has now been taken down. Um, but yeah, it was a crazy weekend because it just feels at this point it was watching like last weekend was like watching people on three shows, but people appearing in multiple different variations of that. So you'd have like Leo Rush on the New Japan show and on AAA, and then you'd have Omega be on AAA and on Impact. And it's it's fucking wild. 
like to kind of keep up with this stuff. And then it happens on a much smaller level where Rocky Romero appears in a few promotions as well, which is which is kind of really interesting. But you mentioned sort of Kenny Omega's Wild Week. This is possibly the most sedate ones of this. And maybe it was just me. You mentioned about AEW. It felt like a very much a cool down episode. It felt like they, the issue is they can't go big, 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 big every week. And I think there is an acceptance of it. And we've mentioned several times they they experiment with their quarter hours and stuff like that. And that felt, this felt like one where we've got maybe have a bigger audience. We'll get the acclaimed on there this week. Who I have to say, I'm, I don't know, I'm not convinced by. Um, but it felt like that was the kind of week that they, they had had. And where like the stuff that was sort of the Kenny Janela match and the, the commentary going on at the same time, that was all very weird. Um, yeah, just a, I don't know, like a really strange week in wrestling, if that makes sense, with kind of loads of ups and downs and some stuff that's good and then some absolute fucking horse shit, which I think hmm. anyone listening to this can imagine what it is. And we've deliberately said at the start of the show, don't want to give those fuckers the time of going up first. So they go last where they fucking deserve. But yeah, really weird week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I was going with that. You, you told me Kenny Omega's crazy week, and it was like, yeah, it's just a weird week in general. Sorry. Yeah, and, and those fuckers are WWE who we'll be talking about next. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, it was it was strange because it was like the AAA show was like head to head with Impact, and Impact looked like it was pre taped because Omega was on that in like backstage mm. segments, but then, like you say, was also in Mexico at the time. And if anything, similar to last week, really, and I think that was kind of that the headline last week was the Impact Kenny Omega stuff was far more interesting than the AW Kenny Omega stuff. If anything, you just came on and cut the same promos they did on Impact. And we kind of got that this week as well. Like, I don't mind it because it gave us like a match, like you know that Laredo Kid match, which was great. Like it was a a match that people should should um, seek out if they, they they haven't seen already. You know they used it as a as a way, hopefully, to set up a match with with Vikingo as well, who if people aren't aware of, mm. uh, he was the bloke on the show who turned up like he was dressed going to his local Weatherspoons and his, his nice uh, <laughs> his nice jumper and his skinny jeans doing like ridiculous flip dives to the outside. He did like two run-ins on the same show, one with Kenny yeah. and one uh, one separately as well. Like he's a guy AEW should We're, hopefully pick wearing up. Wearing different but... clothes. Yeah, there you go. Dress change. You know, the Viking outfit. Reasons. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's a he is a Viking, so it works. Um but you get but that's the thing about this this Kenny run is like, okay, yeah, we're you know, the impact pay-per-view set up you know, a potential six man, uh, with you know, with the with the Good Brothers, uh, which is you know interesting and not really, it's not really a waste of a of a big Kenny singles match. You, you give an impact a bone, but you're not like throwing anything away. If they do the the singles match, we'd say Rich one. Let's, uh, I'd imagine that takes place on AEW's terms rather than on Impact's terms. And then, like I say, he's going to Mexico and he's working with people who probably aren't gonna be in AEW anytime soon, the likes of Laredo Kid, the likes of a, you know, Vikingo is someone who should be in AEW, who, you know, I believe has got some visa issues and the like, so that's a match that can only really take place in AAA. Um, yeah, keep, keeping the worldwide nature of this going and keeping this, like, promotion hop, hopping thing going, I almost feel like that's making this hotter than pretty much anything Kenny's doing on actual AEW TV right now. Yeah, I just think the thing of him like just popping up everywhere—it's just kind of just make, makes him feel like a bigger, 
I don't know, this, this whole story that there is currently, it just feels like it's just giving it a lot of momentum because it's like you're not just waiting one week to see him again. Suddenly he's popping up on a Saturday somewhere else. He's popping up on a Sunday somewhere else. He's back on AW and things like that. So it just means that you're getting a lot of Kenny, 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 Kenny. And I think it's just really making it, making it feel like a star, especially because of the way that, like, by nature, I think like the weirdness of him, like sat there, like in a in a bus with Carl and Carl Anderson and things like that. You know, reminiscing mm. about New Japan, throwing them references in there and things like that as, as as well. Even if he's not necessarily directly working there, just to to see him even talking in them terms and see him mixing mm. with Carl Anderson. Then, like you say, like having a you know been there in a Triple Mania and having like a belter of a match, but still kind of you know doing a lot of heelish development stuff from a character standpoint and things like that as well which again you know just like helping just build this of kenny being like this massive dickhead kind of thing as well that we've seen him be a dickhead in lots of different places as well it's just making him come across as more of a more and more of a heel on a more regular basis and yeah it just feels like it's just got a lot of momentum around it at the, at, at the moment and it is it is a bit weird like because you know, like I said last week, we haven't been used to this. We've been conditioned to this one major promotion sort of scenario that we've had for for such a long time. But you know, it's 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 massively positive seeing them kind mm. of have this opportunity to. It's almost like Kenny go out there and just like get yourself over as much as possible, really, with as you know as as many different people in as many different settings as you can and if his every, sort of all roads lead back to AEW ultimately kind of thing so you'd like to think that you know the it's just going to be that 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 positive rub, rub for them but I think the main thing with the uh, with the triple mania match as good as that match was mm. was just how Michael Nakazawa nearly fucked the whole thing like with all the effort and time that's gone into this story well, he didn't then, catch Kenny because of an inability to catch Mm. Fuck! Like I was thinking, imagine if Kenny had just like he, Kenny could have been fucked then, kind of, you know, yeah. there and then. And you think, God, all the work and effort that's gone into this uh, this storyline and putting the belt on him and everything like that, it could have just all been blown there in just one miscatch kind of thing. So it's uh, yeah, thank uh, thank fuck he came out of that one okay. But like, <laughs> I don't think Nakazawa would have been hanging around AEW for very <laughs> very much longer if uh, if that hadn't worked out as, uh, as as good as it did in the end. Yeah, I wasn't happy about seeing him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and obviously Carlos, Carlos was probably just like, I'm not getting on that plane. And Tony Khan was probably like, you're, all, you're not taking our belt either. <laughs> They're being careful. <laughs> Send Nakazawa, he's expendable. You know, what happens in Mexico City stays in Mexico City, you know. But it was a, it was an interesting match because, I mean, I think one of the things is, is that, I mean, I don't know how much of a Laredo kid you guys have seen. I saw him actually on, it was MLW. Mm. And it was... Um, and it was, it was, he's fine. He kind of thought, I kind of thought of him the same way I'd think about like Ray Oris. And all of a sudden he was on, you know, he's on quite a big stage here in the semi-main against Kenny Omega, who's in this sort of hot worldwide feud. And I thought he did well, actually, because I kind of had, I was, I was really curious to see about what the approach is. And it feels like a lot of what they're doing about the Kenny stuff is, trying in a way like they've got multiple ways of targeting different audiences so you shack for your kind of casual fans you put sting mm. for your kind of long-term fans who've got not gone in there and then you put kenny omega out there to try and appeal to kind of modern day wrestling fans by having these kind of wacky matches mm. and they're all these these separate things i think like you it's that when it comes back to AEW, this uh how i felt this week was well him and genera is a match i just don't give a shit about mm. I just don't care and 
the constant commentary there as well. I was reminded by a Jerry Lawler used to do gimmicks like that, where he would do commentary when he was up against jobbers and stuff like that. It's it's that's kind of what it felt like, and it was just like, yeah, I'm not really feeling this at all. Just. And in some ways, he should have done to him what he did to Sonny Kiss. We just came out and hit a one-winning, one V-trigger, one-winged angel, and that was it. So I agree mm. with you, Bella. The stuff he did on AEW this week just wasn't as interesting. Um, mm. I won't lie, I did hold out a hope that there might be some sort of appearance of him in Ring of Honor, because I thought that would be... Yeah, If I'm he was going to go anywhere else, like, just simply because you imagine Ring of Honor would be kind of amenable to that, like mm. because they're in a sort of impact style situation really aren't they mm. and the way that they're going it would be the kind of stuff you would want to do if you had Gresham as champion frankly mm. I think that's a die like and you were able to to do that whether they wanted it to be part of it I think that's that's a that would be interesting now obviously I've gone down into the realm of fantasy booking there but there's I kind of in some ways I what I worried about the impact stuff this week was like the very demeaning attitude that they were having towards impact while they were there, which is obviously well-deserved because it's impact for fuck's sakes. But at the same time, it, it's that kind of stuff where I'm like, okay, is your issue with impact? Is it not with just Don Callis? Are you not like kind of like in, in some ways you're like, you portray them as incredibly low rent from the get go. I never see what the benefit is of that. Like you can underestimate them or underestimate a rich swan. And I think that's kind of fine for it. But at the same time, it just makes me think is, is, is a lot of the impact stuff basically just going to be sort of Kenny Omega doing Kenny Omega stuff in impact. And there really isn't going to be sort of any other cross, any other sort of crossover beyond that, certainly in the near, near future. Oh, okay. yeah, I, I was going to say, it feels like that to me. It feels like it's about Kenny. It's not going to be like, it doesn't feel like it's going to be running into, you know, other, other, other wrestlers or, you know, other matches and things like that, you know, and I think, I think that's, that, that, that's the best way really. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's the only way that they can sort of build that, uh, you know, like you've joked about it in the past, you are getting into the realms of, you know, lack of credibility. I think when, if people down the, down the card at impact are suddenly like rubbing shoulders with people from, from across AEW and things like that, I don't, I, you know, I don't think it's advantageous. I think it's just keeping it all about Kenny and just, you know, building the, uh, build, building the stock in Kenny, I think, uh, I think at the, at, at the end of the day, but I mean, the match itself, I mean, like obviously you saying there, JP, about the, the commentary and things like that. I, I didn't mind that so much because to me it was just a, it was just getting over like Kenny the heel and Don Callis the heel kind of working with him as well. And it was just sort of yeah. like, you know, classic basic heel stuff kind of kind of thing. And it just, you know, making you making him dislikable, making him, you know, come across like a dickhead just a bit more and things. I think the match itself mm-hmm. with Janella, you know, you know my thoughts on Joey Janella, but this was just like it was it was what it needed to be, you know. So apart from a small comeback, it was just a nice dominant win for Kenny again. Just like putting him putting him across as is a is a, is a, is a you know dominant champion kind of thing, and it, it you know it's things nicely well at the end with the stuff for like when Pac came out and Ray Phoenix came out and things like that. So you know setting stuff up for you know a show in what a week's time or or you know. The, the the week after next kind of thing as well so you know i think it's all just uh it's all just been worked well and just just pointing in a more positive direction for for, for kenny and got you looking forward there now that phoenix match as well which having then you know just seen what he's done with laredo kid 
Mm. You know, like, you know, we've talked about it in the past. Who who are the people in AW who are the ones who can raise Kenny to the to the highest level? You know, I hope that's something there where they they get a nice you know twenty five minutes or something like that to just go out and put on a put on a bit of a show to to end the year with a with a with a with a great match as well. Because you know, I think uh, I think it'd be a be a you know real real sort of positive end to the end to the year for AW and for for Kenny Omega as well. Yeah, what what I like about it is them doing that cleanup as well. With like, you know, obviously, you know, the tournament didn't go as planned. So yeah, let's do the Joey Janela match. Okay, you know, we never got like mm-hmm. Phoenix. You know, never never got his shot. So let's put him in there and have his match. And it's just, it's natural. Just yeah, we don't need to ignore this stuff and pretend it didn't happen. We can use it as as a way to to advertise another match and do do something a little bit interesting. Um, and that's it. And you'll get. Hopefully, get big match, Kenny. You know, in AEW, which was kind of my only negative in getting to see that Laredo Kid match in in AAA was like, oh, I want to see a match like this in AEW. But you know, hopefully, hopefully one is uh, one is coming down the line as well. Um, and yeah, and I just think overall, it's I think the thing that I've learned about this this Kenny story over the, the, this last week and last week was initially I really didn't I really didn't see the positive for AEW in working with Impact. I see it this week. You know, I'm working with other companies. I see it in, you know, having a, a fun AAA match that makes, you know, Kenny look like a, a world international traveler. Having a match on Impact where, and to be honest, sorry, a match, an angle on Impact where it, it was probably one of the better angles of this run. You know, the whole reveal with, you know, because Carl Anderson had been on Impact, but Gallows had been missing. Gallows appears and they, they do the beatdown uh, backstage of the Motor City Machine Guns. Like, that made me really interested in that. You know, the, that Bullet Club fantasy book and stuff that, to be honest, part of me was hoping Carl Anderson and uh, and Doc Gallows would show up on, on AEW, but I don't know, maybe that stuff's a little bit low rent for AEW. Maybe that stuff should be taking place, you know, on Impact, doing the, the quote-unquote Bullet Club reunion, um, you know, rather than rather than doing it uh, on AEW. Uh, I'm sure Carl Anderson and, and Gallows are hoping it turns into a, an AEW gig for them, and, you know, maybe it will, as, like, his muscle, and I suppose there is a match with it, with, uh, with the books and stuff, but it's given us, you know, creative stuff that, you know, we wouldn't have, wouldn't have, uh, have got otherwise, and yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, before we move on too quickly, I was going to say about that, that AAA show, Kenny and, and Laredo Kid was a was a hell of a time. I enjoyed that as far as like four star grapple mm-hmm. match. I'd probably say I think the the average on grapples running up what like four point two seven something like that. Gareth, that was the that was the match to check out if you were uh, if you were after work, right? But I would say you know overall the show itself was fun. You know, and Kenny working that show, and you could see it on the YouTube stream. Like when his match came out, the viewers went up. You know, by by a few thousands. I'm, I'm not talking. You know, he's not a. I don't think it's it's like the impact thing the other week when you know the ratings jumped up a little bit, but then they quieted down again this week. You know, it's good for that individual company. I don't think it's absolute evidence that Kenny's this mega draw, but it shows that like this story, I think, has got people's you know attention. Um, and you know, someone like him can bring maybe a different kind of fan, even if it is a, a few thousand, to a AAA show. I just wonder what the the people who who tuned in for that made of the rest of that AAA show because it was <laughs> fuck me it was if last year was a uh, was a circus act this was uh, I mean like I say I stayed up and watched this thing live and I was questioning my decision at certain points in the in Aww. the show I don't know if you want to defend it for us uh, JP before we do move on too heavy but uh, this was a uh, the Kenny match was part of a double main event and that that mm. second main event where for like for no real good reason Hugo Savinovich just got got knocked out by the guitar. Like, I, I that really was understand. great. But, yeah. but it wasn't even like just, nobody got out the way. It wasn't like, you know, somebody got missed with a guitar shot and then he got hit. 
they just feel like, you know what, I'm just going to hit him over the head with the guitar. You know, yeah. Chessman's just like, yeah, sound, chicken and knock him out. Sound. You know, what the <laughs> fuck was? What the fuck? Hair versus hair as well. Like, that was... If uh, if Kenny and and Laredo Kid was like the good star side of Lucha, I feel like this was the bad side of Lucha. However, it was very entertaining, uh, the Pagano Chessman match. It was like, they both almost died several times during the match too. So you got yeah. that too, if you were uh, an <laughs> AEW fan convinced to tune in. I loved that main event. And mm. I said on here, it was like, it's going to be shit. It's those two. Mm. I've seen Pagano, absolute muck. Chessman, like, just a big bloke with a look that's very kind of distinctive in mm. a kind of low-rent NWO Wolfpack sting with long hair type. Way. Yeah, he's totally <laughs> doing Wolfpack sting. Yeah, it's, it's like Rhythm and Blues, Greg Valentine, cosplay Wolfpack sting. Yeah. <laughs> However... They did not fucking stop the entire mm. time they were there. They just went mm. out there and went, right, we're in this main event. We're just going to go and kill ourselves. We're just going to mm. absolutely do mental stuff. And a lot of it just seemed to just about work and connect, even when you thought, oh, here's where the fuck up is. No, just didn't seem to happen. And they just did wild shit. And I was when I was watching it with that bit where he just gets the guitar and for no reason, Twat Savinovich, who I might must say as well, the job he did in just going from like Spanish colour commentator to, and here's me in English filling in all the gaps for people listening, particularly during the Kenny match. It was like they were very, very cognizant of, we've had a bump, like you said earlier on, that bump and in increase in, in viewers, so we're going to need to make sure that they know what this is. And then... I'm wondering if I remember this rightly. Was he just lying there on that sort of broadcast bit, just screaming mm. while he was bleeding from his face? And I did just think, like, this is fucking mental. They ended up in the back of that car. It was the weird thing is, is Pagano's not got much hair to lose. We obviously mm. Chessman does. Was it Chessman's wife who was doing the cutting because she was in? He Wasn't was his daughter? Her. Oh, was it his daughter? Mm. Yeah, um, <coughs> it sounds about right. <laughs> but there was something overall with this show because that main event I went 4.25 on because I really enjoyed it. I went four four on the Kenny Omega match, but I went on the oh, wow. main event because I, I had no expectations. And I thought this is as much as I've enjoyed this kind of trash match. And I think mm. because it's hair versus hair, and there would have been that bigger kind of payoff for them as well. They just went hell for leather. It was like, here's our chance in a main event. Two guys... I think Pagano's been in one before, but they've got no real right being at that kind of top level of the company. And they just decided to go out there and go like balls to the wall. And I just think overall, like it's just an overall thought of it. And they said it was a shit show. From a technical perspective and the way that they set it up around there, I thought there was lots of stuff to like. I always liked hmm. the way that AAA kind of worked the sponsors in with all of the backdrops. It's just different. Well, that's the only money they're making, isn't it? US. There's no crowd there. There's no. They were giving the thing away for free on YouTube. Like that must be like the the big adverts on the on the screen for like Pepto Bismol or whatever they were selling. Like yeah. it's like the only the only revenue source they've got. And they had Molotov play halfway through, which I don't know who didn't know who they were beforehand. But I did you watch it the musical bit? I enjoyed that a lot. The battle rap I, with uh, with Psycho Clown that was great. That was a lot of fun. Like I say, it was a shit show. I had a fucking boss time watching it though. Yeah. At least, like, it didn't have the technical problem that is the nightmare of the other ones. And the technical problems kind of really take you out of it. Mm. It was just so wacky. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're shite in there. Like, because obviously you've got Blue Demon Jr. And he's a lazy fucker at the best of times. L.A. Park has grown 
to quite a huge degree at this point. It's like Jabba-esque, um, like at, at the point he's kind of going as well. Um, one of his lads was on MLW the week. Fucking shit he was. But anyway, <laughs> digress. They were just like, even the opening match was kind of silly and crazy. And for some reason, like, you know, Meltzer talking about where Lucha really needs a crowd to work. And I was like, but I'm kind of enjoying this without the crowd. I'm enjoying not hearing the fucking horns for once. Like, you know, which aren't as bad as like Buvazela's. But mm. the overall ambience of the show and everything else, it was great. Although I think they're in big trouble for because it got taken down off YouTube and I think it's completely closed now. And they, it's the music, yeah. isn't it? It is the music, yeah, for that stuff. Weird stuff, like when they talk about L.A. Park. I didn't know if that was his son dancing. Like, you know, when they were doing the Hall of Fame stuff, they had a yeah. guy who was oh. like a kind of Day of the Dead Mariachi. Yeah. And he started dancing and I thought, I, I, I don't know if you'd want that at like kind of well, your way. If you think art. Something like that. I think our tribute to Kevin Green was bad. I mean, like, that was the thing. We would, like, the whole night was dedicated to the La Parker, but LA Park's on the show anyway. So that's just kind of weird. Like, the whole thing was just strange. Here's the better original version. Yeah. yeah here's the not dead one. Like, yeah. He's in shocking shape himself. Or he's, he did he's his best to well. kill himself. Yeah. He did, I mean, he he's did not save going a life. And that we rest assured, aren't we? <laughs> Oh, there was that dive though, wasn't there? Where uh, who oh, was it? Who was going for the dive and he caught him? Like, and it was like if LA Park wasn't there with his big fat body, was it Murder Clown? Like, if yeah. he wasn't there, like he'd be dead. He'd literally yeah. be dead. That dive was fucked up. That like mm. I rewound that a few times, but yeah, he was he was lucky there. Like definitely, like. No. But I, 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 I just think that, like you say, just the old show. I just watched it with a big smile on my face. Like it wasn't, you know, if it, it was. Like I don't know where we we watch wrestling and you kind of like over, overly critique stuff and you, you you like watching certain matches and you you know I don't know you're watching the story within the match or you're watching the work rate or you're thinking about the implications and stuff. This was just something that I just like threw on and I just like loved every minute of it, even the stuff that was just you know just shit. You know it was just fun. It was just enjoyable. It was just wrestling as wrestling's meant to be, like just a bit ridiculous, but you know just a, a bit fast, a bit you know a bit incredibly violent in places and things like that it was just you know it was just a, just something that you could just throw on and just like watch very very easily and just like really really en en enjoy and again it was one of those where i doubt i'm going to be like going back and throwing this on and like re-watching it anytime but just for just for something that, there to just watch this weekend and just you know just just really enjoy what i was watching and you know like you say just some of the ridiculous in it there in that opening match mr iguana just walking about twatting people with his toy iguana like like <laughs> what, the fuck, what the fuck's going on there kind of thing but like i had a big smile on my face just watching this skinny iguana bloke just twatting people with a rubber iguana or something you know it was just a just a, just just totally bizarre and then i think just the fact that you've got like the little bits just like peppered in between like the ridiculous ridiculousness so obviously you did have like that Lucha Brothers match that was, you know, relatively, you know, decent, you know, came across well there. And then obviously they had the Laredo Kid Kenny stuff there that came across, but just sort of interspersed, just, I don't know, like that Marvel match, you know, you randomly just got like oh, Captain yeah. America and Spider-Man and Venom and like yeah. Thanos or whatever, just like. Brian Cage was in there. Yeah. He was Taurus as Thanos, I think, as well. No, Brian mm. Cage was Thanos, wasn't Brian, he? Yeah, yeah. Taurus was Venom. <laughs> Yeah, that was. Do you know what? 
I, I remember like hearing some down stuff on that, but I actually thought that was quite fun for what it is. <laughs> and it also as well, it's it's the kind of stuff that they need for like kind of being able to raise a bit of revenue. Marvel mm. come along and say put on a lucha match of some like kind of Marvel character ripoffs. They're mm. immediately going to say yes. They have no fucking qualms about that at the best of times. Mm. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed that more than I thought it would. But it was just a, it was just very odd, wasn't it? And it's like you mm. said before, like there's something about this. I don't know, like I mean, watching it at five in the morning, Benno, is probably different to say me and Gareth bit watching it the next morning or something else was it i don't know what's better there to be honest it? i think uh, i don't know like having a few beers and having it on and like i say having like the the impact yeah, pay-per-view on good. in the background as well kind of made it flow by there was a point like i say during that main event when the two old men were trying to kill each other with like the boat like no connection between the spots it was just like okay here's another bad idea let's do that um <laughs> like i was kind of questioning my life decisions at that point of the night but i can't say it was a bad way to spend a saturday night to be honest uh, the other thing I'd say as well is that, I mean, AAA do, you can clearly tell they make that effort to go for that international audience, whereas it's always mm. very interesting. I was thinking, watching this, going, we've never, how often do we even mention CMLL, mm. really? You know, and we're talking one of the oldest wrestling companies in the world, and it's never something that comes up in conversation. Because I'd imagine for them, like, their business is drawn around the fact that they own their arenas and it's the live event and the tourists. And mm. they're not interested in getting in international imports. They wouldn't have any... In- I, I, I mean, I imagine they'd take Kenny Omega if they could, but it's not something they're going to go out and do. Mm. Whereas with AAA, they're kind of at least thinking to do that. And I think that's one of the things that makes AAA interesting for me is this, like, for those people who, who aren't really into lucha, I think it's just... It, it feels kind of easier in some mm. ways. And they will put on more of what you'd think of as a kind of spectacular show. Mm. Um, yeah, wild shit. I, I it puts put a smile on my face of all the shows that we're going to talk about. That's mm. the one where I was like, do you know what? I, that was a fucking good laugh. Yeah, only we could have all got together in Grapple Towers again for it. Exactly. That, that, I, was, I was just going to say that was the only thing missing for me there. As I was watching it, like as much as I was enjoying it, I was just like, like harking back to you know. Us lot just sat there pissed in the morning watching that, like kind of thing. That was definitely missing asking JP questions about all these people you've never heard of in your life and getting the full mm. backstory on them and things. <laughs> <laughs> and things like that before he nods off on your carpet. You know, it's uh, <laughs> Mike today on the sly is it is it, it all adds to the experience. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what while we're on it, like before we move on too much, like the uh, the uh, the impact review was on the same night. Did you watch any of that, JP? Um, I had, I had. Big things about the uh, the the rich one match, but I didn't really. Uh, again, having it on at the same time probably isn't the mm. best. Although it's something I'm sure you can get away with, JP. For me, uh, rich one and Chris Bay look like a good match uh, from a distance, and I know it's done done decent on the grapple ratings. Uh, were you a big fan of that one? I see. The problem was is I watched bits of that show, but the, all the stuff on the undercard was like fucking dreadful. Yeah, so it was they like haven't really of... capitalized on this AEW attention very well. No. Other than the stuff with Kenny, like the actual pure impact stuff has been as terrible as it has recently. There is a thing where, the, from a storyline perspective, like outside of the Kenny stuff, it's like, mm. what the fuck is there? And mm. they had nonsense like with the Ethan Page karate man bit. There's like... God, it's going back to Tyre Valkyrie again, who's awful. I mean, and she's just never been good. There's, 
was it Larry? Who was it? Larry D versus someone they, else? They, they opened the show with Larry D against Tommy Dreamer. Tommy and like, Dreamer. That, and that, that was it when I looked and I was I was thinking like, you've got wow. this, you know, the eyes of the world are on impact more than they have been for yeah. how, however long. How, how are we going to get, how are we going to hook people in to start this show? Oh, I know. Larry D against Tommy Dreamer. Like, what? Yeah. Wow. It, it, it is. It's, it's these storylines I've got going on at the moment are completely different from the omega stuff and it does and and they're just not interesting they are as i hear a lot of people say kind of subpar wwe they still mm. feel the need to do that i will say we're gonna talk about it later on at least with the ring of honor show i knew what they're trying to do i know what they're trying to achieve i don't know what they're trying to achieve with certainly the undercard of this because it mm. means that you're kind of hanging your hat on basically it's like watch the show for kenny but the problem is how are you going to keep them what is gonna? What are you gonna be able to do? And, and these stories, like, I, I, like, my heart sinks if ever I, like, they bang on about a rosemary or someone like that. It's just like I could give as less of a shit about this mm. stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's, I, I, I'd like to see Joe During have his match. He's been mm. there now for a couple of weeks. Even if it's a fucking tag, just as someone mm. different. But like yeah. Larry D, AC Romero. You're not a serious company if mm. that's the kind of level of performer you're going for. Yeah, and I suppose like that's the thing. Yeah, impact impact are trying to stand out by, I don't know, being like the scuzzy angle promotion and doing <laughs> they book the shows like I used to when I when I like ran like shows on e- EWR where like every match had ended interference because it was the quickest way to get to the next storyline. There's a lot of that and just a lot of trash and a lot of like like I say, that 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 rating where people tuned in because Kenny was on the show and then people didn't come back next week, I think that maybe says, okay, Kenny individually maybe isn't as big a draw as maybe we'd make out. Maybe it's more the fact that the story was hot that got people to tune in. But I think part of the reason the follow-up probably wasn't there was also it's fucking impact. <laughs> like, you know, as much as yeah. we've been burned by it a million times, we you know, one week we'll say, oh, yeah, it was a good show that week. And then, like, you've both done that, you know, gone back, and then the week later realised, okay, it was a mistake to uh, to give impact another try. Uh, impact's always going to impact, isn't it? So, yeah, you would like to see them put their best foot forward. Maybe I can give them a bit of the benefit of the doubt because this Kenny stuff kind of came a bit out of nowhere. And, you know, the Kenny debut show was already in the can, but... Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like they, they mm. definitely definitely need to do uh, do more with the uh, the opportunity that they've been given. Um, I would agree. If he appeared on MLW or Ring of Honor in this scenario, I imagine, given the way that Ring of Honor are kind of currently booking their TV and their pay-per-views, mm. they'd have quite a solid... They'd make sure they had a solid fucking undercard on there that mm. showed off the people you want to be showing off and say, mm. well, yeah, you've come here for Kenny, but look at all the other people that you could also see. You just don't get any impression of that. It's mm. just like, yeah, it's Kenny. That's it. That's what's going to draw us ratings. And it's like, yeah, but you've you've got to get people to be convinced by stuff other than that because they're not just going to come in for like two minutes of him acting like the twat again. I mean, yeah. like, you need something a bit more than that. Mm. And I think the truth is, they probably just don't have it. Um, it's the thing. Um, yeah. But but like I said, that, you know that that six months interested me you know and it's hard to say that about a six-man involving doc gallows but i do think that's an interesting <laughs> little story point um i will be watching that pay-per-view mid-january isn't it uh the impact the next impact pay-per-view i'm sure you'll find me watching it live when uh when uh when uh what's their their on-demand service called uh shits the bed again and they have to put it for free on the website i'll be one of the people there shooting it that was on fight that show 
Wow. Imagine how fucking livid you'd be if you paid 20. <laughs> <laughs> if I'd just waited 20, 25 bucks, mate, I wouldn't be happy, to be honest. I was glad uh, I had Triple Mania to, uh, to take most of my attention <laughs> up. Um, but again, I suppose before we move on from the subject of Kenny's Wild Week, uh, Dynamite as well. Uh, obviously, we covered a little bit of it there with the, the Ginella match, which yeah, I'm with you guys was just a bit, it was six minutes of, it felt rushed as well. It felt like they went from, like, there was a spot where, where Ginella, like, basically sat through Kenny's head through a table on the outside and almost killed Kenny. And then 30 seconds later, Kenny was back on offense. And it was like, okay, yeah, clearly we're, we're ending TV time here. We've got to get this pack angle in. So let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, yeah, that didn't leave a huge impression on me. And the show as a whole didn't leave a huge impression on me. I mean, you can't have a, a home run show every week. Um, you know, you, you can't do big money stories every week but it did feel a bit like a filler week um you know we maybe got got a couple of things we've got the cody you know uh pregnancy announcements which i'm sure we're all made up about we got a bit of a sting running which was a, a bait and switch we promised the promo we're getting that next week um and i suppose mainly actually the the biggest point of the show is we got a we actually you know gareth you should be happy we got a bit of extra dark order on tv as well the uh i very much enjoyed the uh, the being the elite episode last week with uh with cowboy day um that made it to tv so you know yeah it wasn't all a, a loss but like i say they they to, them to me felt like the highlights and it didn't really feel like a, a hugely notable show going into this christmas period no and i think dynamite that you know aw do run like quite a few episodes of dynamite like this where you may be just getting like a smattering of stars throughout you know there isn't necessarily the focus on matches as you may be you know you get in getting other weeks and things you know it was quite a fast moving show wasn't it really kind of thing with a a lot of different you know little backstage angles and you know put on you know just putting on not matches here some of which were you, you know you, you knew it was winning beforehand and things like that but it was more just a bit of a showcase for for the for the for the different um, people out there but you know i thought you know i think there was some sort of you know there were some some positives i thought the sting stuff you know went down you know quite well again you know i think i, I think it, it continues to be well received and i think with the you know the taz promo around that and things there was whereas i've sort of said i definitely don't want to see sting in the ring um anytime <laughs> anytime <Especially> soon it's <laughs> in the singles the idea there of it being like a six man there with mm. you, know, you know potentially like you know team taz against cody sting and darby now i can buy that if it's you know if it's cody and darby doing the work and sting comes in and does a stinger splash and puts on a scorpion death lock or something like that then fair enough and I, I can absolutely you know live live with that as far as a as far as a match goes but i think there's some other st- stuff there i think um you know i think um are they turning the tide a little bit with miro kind of thing i don't like are they i felt i felt like again it was sort of like a bit of a push towards a sort of slightly more seriousness again i feel like he's been kind of sort of slowly turning the the tanker that way kind of thing over the last uh, last few weeks i think the sort of like realizing and getting that yeah we need to we, we, we need to turn this and you know that that sort of interview with him sort of hinted at that a little bit more it was good to see you know the you know i thought the the that uncertainty around pack and then you know obviously then him making that appearance as well after the eddie kingston promo as well you know i think that set that up quite well as uh, as well there so I, th- I just think that again it was one of these things where there was a lot of setup and there was a lot of like leaning on things that they'd done in the in in, in the past and then you know predominantly really just sort of putting their putting the 
pl- uh, plot in place really for for things going going forward, which I, I think um, I think I, th- I think worked worked quite well overall. The only thing I could have could have done without was the Cody and Helico match because yeah, obviously not as big a not a huge fan of Angelico, and I just I hated the way the commentators were putting Angelico over like he was fucking Ice Gracie or something like that. You know, he just <laughs> thought he was the greatest, uh, this greatest submissions man of all time, and then Cody had to do the teeth on the ropes spot to ex- escape submission, and I was thinking like, come on, it's fucking you know, it's a TV match against Angelico, like let's uh, let's save the uh, let's save the teeth on the ropes uh, submission for something meaningful, you know, not not. Uh, uh, not on Helico when there's fucking barely anyone there watching it or anything like that. But um, mm. but yeah, over, over, overall it was it was was what it was. Entertaining enough show. Put a few directions in place to to move forward and um, mm. yeah, looking for just looking forward to seeing seeing stuff develop as always. Yeah, it, it sets up some interesting things for next week as well. Like I say, they set up like you said uh, the Young Bucks and uh, and the Acclaimed. You know, they, they set that up. Mm-hmm. There's Tony Giovanni interview with Sting, which you know they tease this week, but you're going to get next week instead. Uh, even top flight with it with Jericho and MJF. Um, I think they they probably know this show being like right on the the eve of Christmas. It's probably you know you're probably not talking a big rating. You know, this last show what was it in the eight hundred thousand range? Maybe a little bit disappointing after the highs of the previous two weeks, but it's kind of the period we're heading into now um and you know they, and they've got some interesting things on the show snoop dog coming up as well you know packing uh yeah. packing phoenix in a couple of weeks uh you know you mentioned uh you mentioned miro there gareth you know we're getting uh Kip Sabian, Penelope Ford announcing their wedding date. You know, that's a that's a big angle coming up. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure I'm turning the corner with it. I think that, the, you know, the, the the show where the the ended with him being like the monster heel, that's what I want to see more of with him. Uh, the the whole Eminem Twitch streamer thing, I still think, you know, there's a there's a clear ceiling with. Um, but, you know, if, if they do tap in more to that stuff, uh, Miro is a monster, maybe. Maybe there's money. Maybe this this wedding date payoff that I feel like it's going to be a bit of a knockoff of the uh, the Lana Rusev wedding stuff in WWE. Uh, if that if the payoff to that is Rusev, li- Rusev uh, Miro, sorry, literally murdering Kip Sabian in the ring and just, just eating him for dinner and, know. you know, ripping up his, his top man outfit and, you know, Ripping off his his M M&M hair and, and revealing that it was a wig all along or something, I'll be into it. Um, but I worry we're just we're heading more down this Mate. this parody route. Mate, we've Must- already had we've already got one murder in wrestling to talk about this week. I don't know if we necessarily need another one. <laughs> I um, mean, it's Kip Sabian, so I'll take it. The the character, I not mean, the human being, obviously. The idea of him destroying the set sounds good, if only for our our Bulgarian fans. Mm. Um, like of if, which only, we have a lot. if only. Of which we do, yeah. Which competes with with podcasts. Uh, you know, I'm not afraid to say it. Feel a bit out of our league at times when when it's there. Um, so yeah, good big shout out to the Bulgarian crew. Yeah, Where not just not, not just wrestling podcasts either. Is it sports podcasts in general? Or, uh, yeah, you know, pretty high. It, up it on makes the, me uh... wonder what the, what's going on in Bulgaria at the moment that we don't know about <laughs> over, over this last year. What, what lockdown has done to them. <laughs> means they're well, all listening to relief. us yeah <laughs> we just yeah, up in the worse. charts yeah yeah more Miro coverage I think is what we need to do going forward lads I think that's the uh, that's so yeah you're going to see this be very much sort of be slightly more pro positive Miro than what you would have expected that's what I was trying to do there yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> am I imagining it or is the ble- did the bleach blonde hair go or have I, am I totally imagining this I've got it in my head that like he wasn't bleach blonde anymore and it's like Shaved his head or something? I don't know. It's it had a, gone dark. Forget it. 
he'll be. I back. don't know. I, I was just going to mention. I also like Haristo Stoichkov. I think he was a cracking mm. player. Just going to throw that in there as well to pander to the Bulgarian fan base. Yeah, big, big your Dan Lechkov fans in our house. Yeah. Yeah. Always enjoyed seeing C- C- CSK Sofia play in the Europa League. And, and, Triff- and Triffin even off definitely didn't look like the Blundell flight. Yeah. Uh, David Squires did a great picture. It did an entire cartoon strip based around even off. Like, a very an unusual looking man. I'll put that. It's a good show image to throw in there. There we go. Always after them. Um, but yeah, uh, any other thoughts on Dynamo Fuji, JP, or AW in general before we move on to the uh, the headline stuff? Um, no, not really. I think I've said all I've got to say about it at the minute. I just mm. think, again, when it comes to this stuff, it's trend lines. Mm. It's seeing what overall trends are. Realistically, you know, this is year one that we're talking about. And I think, you know, it, we can all get very excited by the numbers and the overall trend. And when you look at the way WWE are trending as well, they become even more of an attractive proposition. Mm. Uh, but we'll save the slating in for one big... You know, yeah, I was going to say as well, if you want more yeah. on those numbers, watch that uh, Mucky Garner uh, Twitch stream with uh, with with, uh, with uh, Brandon uh, Howard over on, uh, I think it was twitch.tv slash WrestleNomics. That was, uh, that was, I'm sure Gareth was in when spread, spreadsheet heaven watching that thing as they broke down the minute by minute of, uh, of dynamite and, uh, and what did well and what didn't and what the demos were doing as opposed to NXT. You're into your spreadsheets and you're into your, all, all of that type of stuff. Definitely give that a watch on Twitch. Oh, it was, it was mucky. Spreadsheet porn, that. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's all going down to grapple towers, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I suppose moving on, like I say, we've uh, we danced around it enough. Uh, did we all watch bits of uh, of TLC uh, last night? Uh, <laughs> this is JP's fault. This you suggested it. Um, <laughs> I really wish I hadn't. I, I started watching it on the walk, and I went, "Oh fuck this! I'm getting Spotify on." Like I can't. But I thought yeah. I was going to have a seizure in the woods because all I could see was fucking lights and screens everywhere. That freaky fucking backdrop as well. Those TV screens. It just looks weird at this point to me. It just looks like that bit on Crime Watch when they had like kind of eight, was it Rogue's, not Rogue's Gallery? And it'd go to them. (laughs) And it'd be like such and such is wanted for a series of fraud offences around sort of Liverpool, Merseyside and North Wales. Hey, why Merseyside? Also goes by the name of, I don't know, Peter Johnston. <laughs> I used to love that part of the show. We me and Sarah used to play like Guess the Scouser. You'd see the eight and you'd like <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I also played it. It was Guess the Nonce. Um uh, yeah, very that's always much. A good game. So which which one of which one of these are wanted for like sort of like serious fucking charges in possession in relation to some sort of possession of horrible images or something like that and you're like number six you'd normally be right the glasses give it away it's usually the glasses in the hairline i miss crime watch i was a Mm. big big crime watch fan Uh, my mum called in once over a fellow who got shot i remember her calling in i was like this program fucking rocks like it is live entertainment you know I, I'd still, to this day, if you work for Securicor, you know exactly what you're getting yourself into. So well, I'll just throw that there as well. Um, but what, yeah, they got rid of it. Once they got DCI Sexy on, Rav Wilding, they just decided to move it to the fucking mornings. It's like, well, I've got a job for God's sakes. What was wrong with yeah, like... It was all Thursday about the nightmares, wasn't it? It was about the nightmares. Mm. Yeah, it was all... Sending you to bed, scared. 
those photo fits would fucking haunt you in your sleep they would like if i saw that it doesn't a look like a human being looks like some sort of fucking monster or something like that yeah just honestly to god yeah loved crime watch really yeah. loved crime watch yeah, I was, I was a big fan. When you first brought it up there, there, I thought it was, rather than it being in relation to the screens, I thought it was in relation to your walk. And I was just imagining the crime watch reconstruction of you wandering up some hill in Oxford, yeah. watching a t- Tokyo Joshi Pro and then getting <laughs> murdered or something like that. And or the- witnessing a murder, because then it'd be like, it would just look weird, wouldn't it? It was just like, yeah, and I looked across. Like, why the were you here? I thought, yeah, you just see some shifty guy sort of put a hood up and walk over the other way. Cut to and that's a photo fit. Yeah, it doesn't probably look <laughs> like that. And I don't know if I'm in kind of expert witness mode without hmm. giving the game away when I'm at the top of that hill. Maybe in some <laughs> ways, you know. I don't know whether or not I'm taking in all of those details that I should do that would make me shocking as some sort of like kind of witness for that. Anyway, Crime Watch, rest in peace as well, like Kevin Green. <laughs> uh, great show. Like I say, I, I, I really I miss having, going to bed and warning you not to have nightmares and literally having nightmares about Crime Watch. It was it was terrifying to watch as a kid, but great yeah. show. The, the update, they'd, they'd get a bit enthusiastic and you think, mm, I don't know, mm-hmm. it's not going to work out. There's some bullshit merchants calling in probably, but good luck, lads. <laughs> and, and the theme tune was also outstanding. I absolutely mm. loved the Crime Watch, uh, Crime Watch theme tune. There you go. There's some outro music. I was going to say, there we go. We got <laughs> that at least. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, people think deserves that. People think I'm talking about the uh, the bloke who used to live in my house again and, uh, and the police knocking down the door. Uh, no updates on that, by the way, everyone. We're, uh, I've, I've, it seems pretty safe. No more suspicious people turn up. Stephen French hasn't knocked up the door yet, JP, so uh, we're all good. Are you sure there's not like, you know the way they use the grainy CCTV footage and be always some bloke just twatting another bloke and just like walking <laughs> off. And a chase two fellas in shirts walking away with a top-down image looking down at them. Can I also say as well, when it came to that Aladdin's corner, I couldn't give a shit about that bit. It's like, look, I don't give a fuck about a clock. All right, get back to the murder. This, this is what we're here for. That's the important <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Uh, anywho, <laughs> speaking of speaking of murder, um, WWE. Uh, I almost said um, Money in the Bank again. Then TLC. It was a TLC, wasn't it? That's the that's the show. It was a TLC. You said money in the bank before we started recording, and I thought, yeah, you're probably right on that. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a show with ladders on it. Um, yeah, you know, I, I watched bits of it just to just to kind of. Uh, I'd seen a lot of takes on Twitter last night about uh, the main event, particularly uh, about the Kevin Owens uh, Roman Reigns match and about the uh, the three way ladder match with uh, with AJ Drew and uh, unfortunately Miz uh, at a point and kind of just picked those out as uh, highlights slash lowlights to watch. Uh, I believe you guys did the same. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like there's only one place to start though, and that is. The uh, on the crime watch front, the uh, the murder of Bray Wyatt. Um, I will give them one thing, you know, when you were a kid and you watched those Inferno matches with Kane, and and it was and it was always shit. Like they, you know, you, you'd imagine in your head, oh, someone's gonna get lit on fire. It's gonna be this great spectacle, and like Kane's glove or arm or something to go on fire, and then he'd sprint backstage, and that'd be all, that'd be all you'd get. At least they went the whole hog, you know. They got the, they got the see maybe a little bit of CGI there, a little bit of um, pre-recorded, uh, you know, Bray Wyatt getting lit on fire with his with his jacket, and then getting uh, getting RKO'd. Uh, 
At least they tried, I suppose, is the, uh, <laughs> is the take on that one. Uh, I'm scared to look at the grapple rating, to be honest, Gareth, because I don't know what uh, <laughs> rated that as a match for. You know, I listened to John away this morning, and they seem to uh, enjoy it as a spectacle. Um, enjoy it's probably a bit strong for me, but I've certainly been amused by the thing, and it, uh, it definitely uh, gave some talking points as well. Yeah, I mean, like the rating on the app is like 1.94 um, at the minute. So wow. it sort of like, uh, follows Bray's trend for this year, really, where he's, uh, he's picking up these... Uh, or any Bray and Randy match. Yeah, mm-hmm. one-star match ratings. But like, I don't know, like I was when I was watching it, I was thinking like this... Like if this had happened on Triple Mania, would I have been would I have been more like kind True. of accepting of it kind of thing? Because I was I was looking at Bray and thinking that he would uh, he would definitely have you know it it looked more in place if it had been like part of Psycho Circus or something like that. You know, it's uh, but mm. it was kind of more that's the level where it should be really kind of three matches in kind of thing, some stupid fat bloke in a mask kind of. That's not your not your main event, uh, not your main event storyline that you're closing the closing the show with. But I mean, Jay, you've got more. I think I think you I think you're eager to talk about this one. So I'll move it to you. I I honestly questioned so much while I was watching this. (laughs) I really did. I hated it. I mean, I I hate hated this show. I hated the show. I. I hate the look of the ladders. Now, that is just a weird comment at the best of times. But I really strongly dislike those ladders. I don't know what it is. I see them and I'm just like, I, I, I'm i switched off. I hear the phrase unforgiving steel, you know, championship opportunity, all of that stuff. I'm kind of immediately, it's like I'm out of the zone of it all. And I just thought, right, people are going to kill themselves throughout this show for no tangible reward and the main event felt like a kind of literal example of that where you kill the character for what reward so they appear tomorrow i'm assuming tonight at time of recording he's probably fucking by the time we've done this show he's probably come back in and given a sister abigail a fucking randy orton somehow during (laughs) all of this um something we will keep an eye on certainly won't watch this would was I went half a star on this because I was watching this knowing what was going to happen at the end. I said to you two, I'd looked at my phone this morning, like one of the first things. I saw that image and I went, oh, fucking hell, I'm going to have to watch this. It's going to be shite. And it was shite. (laughs) I didn't see much wrestling taking place within it, just a lot of choking and then flames going up every once in a while. Um, Bray Wyatt doesn't wrestle. And I can remember hearing this, and this could be a fever dream, that he's big into all Japan. And he's like, well, there is no fucking evidence of this because he just doesn't do anything. doesn't actually sort of do moves other than this one kind of charging in move, the fucking fingers in the mouth thing and the sister Abigail. It's really just that. And it's such a killer. I can't help but feel Bray Wyatt being the top of the card and their rating situation as it is and the really precipitous drop aren't, in, they're not unrelated. Like, there is a response that, like, this character I just don't think connects on any level, apart from people who want to collect the masks and the freaky belt. Like, apart from that, it, 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 it like, there was just so much wrong with it. The, the pose that Randy Orton did after he'd set him on fire, 
the obvious camera cutaway when he was on the chair and they they put the the flames out the commentary team sat there throughout all of this and you're going this isn't a wrestling match this is like he's tried to kill him with a pickaxe here and set him on fire afterwards like what what is this that i'm actually watching and this is in some ways like you're thinking okay this is meant to be like the big response to what that has been going on like you know this is their first kind of time out like where they're able to go okay here's a big show we want to kind of maybe create a bit of a buzz to go into it and their response is to set fire to their main character that's 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 the response of it this is game of thrones season eight type shit at this stage it's just it's it's just genuinely bad i like i i feel like this is almost like bray Wyatt is certainly a character just needs to be cancelled at this point just needs to just be be taken away it's absolute death it it's awful but it's permanently the top of these cards and the match before i liked and it had a kind of more traditional wrestling story and yeah there's stuff about it didn't like it is all very overblown but my god like it is night and day when you look at the kind of like what they consider to be the kind of main programs in that company when you look at like the roman reigns kevin owen thing which i knew nothing about and was able to kind of easily switch into and in this with that shite at the beginning and the start and alexa bliss why is she there reasons we're not really going to give you any reasons for it. To give the character a noncy edge, I think that's the reason. Yeah. The character who, by the way, is the baby face. Like, that's what I learned watching this thing. Like, Bray yeah. based on the crowd sweetening, is the good guy. <laughs> Randy Orton <laughs> is the heel, apparently. Like, I'm so lost. It's but, the kind of stuff that if you're, a, if you're a USA exec, you watch and you go, we might need to cancel this show. <laughs> like it's costing us a lot of money here i've maintained throughout this that if you're a fox if you're a usa network you're quietly looking at ways to get out of this contract potentially because and that and i looked at this match as just an overall sign of where they are creatively as a company like this is what you're going to leave with and it's just like set them on fire and it's not you're not going to be like let's watch it in monday night raw you're just like ah fuck off i don't want to know that's <laughs> like this is the of that we've dipped into them once a month and for the most part it hasn't been too bad i think survivor series a lot of shite on it if i remember rightly god knows at this point i don't really remember it feels like it was three years ago um this though like is so bad and this is going to be the big takeaway it's not going to be roman reigns kevin owens it's going to be this and they think this is the stuff that people really want and if you want this like what you want you've got some problems please i'll give you numbers to speak to people you don't need this fucking garbage in your life because it's not going to help i mean there are like if you see like the that hardcore wwe base you know the people with the bray wires and alexa bliss avatars on twitter like i've got a i've got a little cousin who's big into wwe now and he loves bray Wyatt. it's like his hero to the point where it worries me because his, his favorite brand is also slipknot so i'm kind of like oh, I feel like okay that's a that's an interesting combo bray Wyatt and slipknot um, but then again you know when i was younger i was listening to all kinds of uh, terrible music but there are there are like like I say, if you see like you know the wrestle talk stuff that like Steph goes on, and like there is that mainstream, still do they be universe audience who are dwindling? There's you know we're down to a million and a half of them, 
who do love this Bray Wyatt stuff. I just don't get it. Like it's it, you know, the Reddit subgroup people, and it's all of them. This is good content. Um, he is the babyface. Uh, they all want to be Bray Wyatt and want to have you know Alexa Bliss in the corner, presumably. Uh, yeah, I don't get it. The thing is, though, I like you saying there about your your cousin, like. But then it's the young audience that they're losing, you know, and it's the young mm-hmm. audience that they're losing to AEW. And like, if if you'd have asked me, I'd have thought if you, you said, "Oh, who likes the Fiend?" To me, it would be, "Oh, it's some kids who are just into like some, you know, probably probably some Slipknot equivalent that I've never heard of, or something like that mm-hmm. kind of thing these days." And just and and that's who you think be into it. But obviously, the the it, it, it can't be the kids because there there are no fucking kids watching <laughs> watching the show show anymore, and like. Um, I, 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 I'm just at a loss kind of thing to see. It should be in care, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, unless you know. It, I don't know unless it's getting it all wrong, but I mean, with the with the, with the way the ratings are dwindling, yeah. Um, yeah like I, I was thinking about this. Is he even on Raw? I can't. I, I don't know if he's, he's Raw. On, yeah, yeah Raw is, 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 You know, so so. So there you go, kind of thing, like hand in hand from a ratings point of view, you know, the, the shifting him over there, seeing what's happening with the, the ratings over there, uh, over that side of things. I keep reading things here and there where people say, oh, he sells a lot of merch and things like that. But that can't be the basis for, you know, putting leaving somebody like this on the on the top of the card. I mean, as a match, I was, I was slightly higher than you, JP. I gave it one and a half. I don't know why. If you said, why did you give it one and a half and not half? I don't know. Like I, I honestly couldn't say like why the why fire it looked good. Well, I there's there's with the fire, I mean that was one of the things that I just found confusing as well. It was just it was just illogical because to me I was like, so is that legal fire? So can you win with that fire, but you can't win with other fire? Because in which case, why wouldn't you just come down with a fucking bottle of like a bucket of petrol and just throw it at them and then just throw a fucking lighter at them and just win the match one second into the match? Surely that's surely that's what you do, especially when you're using it during you know if some if you just literally throw a bucket of petrol over someone, then you're going to win immediately. So I was thinking, oh no, is is the fire around the outside? Is that the legal fire? That's the only fire you're allowed to use to to. Um, to win the match, I don't know. So they lost me immediately on a like, I don't know why I was trying to apply an element of fucking logic to, <laughs> to the fiend in a firefly <laughs> fire yeah. match or whatever kind of thing. But but immediately I'm just like, well, that's just bollocks because you know the like the, the, this just doesn't work as a format or as a structure for a match. But then like at the, at the end, not when he'd set him on fire and killed him. Is this a sentence that I'm actually saying? Not not the bit where he'd set him on fire and killed him. The bit where he'd won the match by setting his jacket on fire, which then quickly wasn't on fire. And Randy was sat looking all sort of distraught and confused and thinking like, what have I done? And it was all dawning on him and things. I was thinking, well, what's what's dawning on him? Did, did he really like his jacket or something like that, that he's kind of like slightly burned a little bit or something like that? You haven't killed the man yet so or, or anything. It was just every, like, everything about it. Just and, uh, The thing that I hated was he, when he before he set him on fire to kill him, where he went outside and he got the gasoline, and then just before he stepped in the ring, and he just yeah. had a little sniff of the can of gasoline, and then sort of pulled away in like some dramatic so acting fashion, like just just letting you all know that it is gasoline. It's not water in this fucking uh, gasoline tank that I've got here. You know, like he's just like oh. God, has everything just got to be so fucking in your face and spoon fed to you with the most ridiculously large spoon ever? And then, and then I think to myself, why am I even getting wound up? It's fucking <laughs> against Randy Orton, and I literally don't care. And I wouldn't have watched it if I wasn't 
coming on here to talk about it now. So, you know, chill out. It's Christmas. Yeah. It's not worth it. Like I say, that that hammy acting was like a big take for me. Like when um when they set when uh, Bray who has magic powers to start fires apparently, but didn't use them in the match. When he uh, set like the all of the affair up from in Mike like Rotundo. <laughs> Maybe he did. That's what he, he was taught that at home over uh, over breakfast one day. <laughs> but like when he did that, like Orton had to like react like he was the most shocked he's ever been in his life. You know, Orton super worker if you believe all the all the other workers. Um, yeah, it was just it, they're always a bad combo. These two. I watched it more for comedy than anything. I got my two stars worth of comedy out of it. That's what I gave it on grapple. Uh, I laughed at it rather than with it. Um, and it existed, but I mean, where I might push back a little bit is I didn't think this was a bad show overall. I thought that was that wasn't great, but I, you know, I'm not going four stars in any of the matches. But overall, like the matches I saw, I'm you know, bear in mind that yeah. I was selective. I watched a couple live and then watched a couple um, on replay this morning. You know, I did. I didn't particularly think it was a bad show. Like I enjoyed the you know the Drew McIntyre AJ Styles ladder match with XAO. Miz getting involved was a bit shit, but kind of enjoyed seeing uh, AJ in a in a WWE style ladder match as much as like there's a, a ceiling on that these days and you know we've lord knows how many ladder matches they've had this year i thought there were quite some some creative spots in that one i went uh three and a half on that uh, i went 3.25 on the uh which was that sasha banks and uh, and carmella which was mm. fine as a women's matches i'm not i'm not saying it was a whale beater but it was as good as i've ever seen carmella be um probably yes. most of the credit there belongs with sasha banks and like you said, you both said, like, uh, oh, you particularly, JP, I did really enjoy Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens. Like, it was, it was pure Paul Heyman, finish a spam, no real logic, just big fucking bumps kind of match, which I get isn't for everyone. You know, those Goldberg matches going back and, you know, a lot of like the Lesnar stuff these days. Um, that's not going to be for everyone, but I thought Kevin Owens held his own in there and made, it makes some sense, you know, with the with the USO interference and with you know Owens basically, you know, doing everything he could to to stay in the match. And he, he played a really good Valiant babyface, I thought. Literally, literally only losing because Roman did a you know a low blow, a better like a more believable low blow through through the ladder. And then that I love that choke the the, the gear too that that Reigns does. Like that's a proper like heel dominant move to do. You know, the top of the ladder just choking Owens out and watching his body body land on the floor. I thought that was the real highlight of the show i absolutely i still still love roman reigns in this heel incarnation i wish it happened four years ago i wish it wasn't happening at mt arena wrestling but there's so he's clearly got so many good ideas he's listening to the right people and probably paul Heyman. um and he's a this fresh coat of paint on him is mm. is something i'm really really enjoying so i wouldn't throw the whole pay-per-view out because like i say the, the were moments like that that i really enjoyed and and that particularly i went 3.75 on grappling could have gone for um, was how much I enjoyed that. Uh, I thought that was a that was a really good match. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I only watched I only watched the three. I, I watched the the AJ match. I watched I watched this match and then the the Bray Wyatt match. So they, they were the only three that I saw. But like, I mean, I went four stars on this one on the the mm-hmm. Roman Reigns Kevin Owens one. I thought I thought it was I thought it was really really fucking good. Like I, I, I thought I thought there was um, I thought there was so much um, to it in terms of like. I, I liked the jump start and then like it really sort of yes. set the tone. And then I thought like, um, I thought, uh, you know, Owens like sort of kicking ass early kind of thing. Like he was really fucking laying in the reins. And then when you so try to interfere, like laying the fuck out of him as well and putting his foot in the chair and all that kind of thing. And, you know, it just sort of really set out that, yeah, Owens can, can have a good go here. And he's a, you know, he's a real like credible dominant opponent 
and 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 you know could potentially win the match really. And then and then I thought throughout it, I just thought when when after Romans um, he, he ended up back on top. I just felt like it just felt like he was beating the fuck out of Owens for ages with a chair. And I was thinking, that's what I want. I want this big fucking hard bastard heel in this type of match, knocking shit out of the baby face with the weapons that are available to him and using them like properly. Like in the say the ladders, for example, in this match, like in a lot of WWE ladder matches, they are just props for people to do spectacular moves from and things like that. They weren't here. They were sporadically used. And when they were, they were a weapon, you know, there was some, you know, there was, there was, there was something that was getting, you know, brought to do damage. Somebody was getting thrown onto them or somebody was going to, was getting hit with them as well. And I, I just thought like it was a, a really, it, it felt like a, a lot more physical and like really mm. the, like turned up the dial on that, you know, especially come, Compared to the, the 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 first match, the 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 Drew uh, Drew AJ match, and I think as well, just the the heel stuff from from Roman, like I don't know, just like the real dickhead stuff, like where like Owens was just face down on the mat, and Roman just like was just put his foot on the back of his head, and he's just grinding yeah. Owens' his face into the mat, and I'm just like, this is what you want. It's just like small little, just like I don't want soliloquies. I want if you fucking heel to have his fucking boot on this guy's head and squashing his face into the match because he's, you know, he's he's a prick. He's an absolute arsehole, and he's physically dominant, and he's you know he's you know he's he's taking the piss and. I thought that just that just worked really well. Just to again, just like any any positivity towards range you might have for him being ultimately this massive, you know, credible hard bastard who looks cool as fuck and things like that. Like just do working the little things in there just to make you dislike him a little bit more and things. I thought that worked well. And like you, Benno, that guillotine spot at the end that was great. I just what yeah. a fucking fantastic end to the match that was. And just the, the way he just, you know, just let him fall. I thought, God, I can't believe I've just like and actually enjoyed the end of a WWE ladder match <laughs> that's worked, that's finished, that's just worked really well from a, a ladder point of view. And I was, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go four stars here on a WWE ladder match. I can't believe it, but it was perfectly justified for me. Like, I, I really, really, really thought it was, uh, it was spot on. Yeah, it was perfect use of both of them. Like you say, like Reigns is great as the heel, and I'll, I can rave about him all day. But this is the Kevin Owens I'd like to see. You know, Kevin Owens mm-hmm. is like Steve Austin adjacent kind of babyface. You know, who's like, yeah, the the heels are piling all this stuff on him, and you know, yeah, you know, it's a very physical match, but he's just continuing to fight and continuing to fight until you know he loses, and he loses absolutely nothing from losing in the way he did. You know, because the, the odds were so heavily stacked against him. Like that, that is, yeah. If that, if it, it was like, if this in a vacuum, if this was what WWE was, I'd watch it. Like, this is why I think Paul Heyman's just mm. given the book, to be honest. Cause I, I just, I watch this stuff and I watch these with these Roman matches and clearly he's had a lot of good ideas in his locker and he's probably been thinking about this for years. You know, what would I do when I'm the top heel? I'm sure Cena had the same kind of thoughts and he's acting out it now and he's doing an incredible job at it, but I bet you're taming in his ear as well, you know, with with a lot of this stuff as well and making it make sense and putting him in there with like someone incredible like Owens and like you say, having such a, a physical brutal match that looked like nothing else on this card um yeah he's listening to all the right people and this was this was your main event and kevin owens was your genuine top baby face and roman was your genuine top heel i don't think i complained so much about the wwe it's just it's the week to week and it's what falls beneath it as well i thought one of the things that's interesting you mentioned about austin i mean i think this feud had that kind of when austin would be in a main event in one of the kind of b pay-per-views against a mick foley 
this is how kind of how it was set up and the way it's yeah, very that's true, odd yeah. because they play a lot of the austin stuff with and that's what owens is he's this kind of austin meets foley type character but what i would say about the characters and i think this is one of the things that really worked for this as a story and you kind of got the desperation of of kevin owens and i went 3.75 i think the idea of like when i was saying about like this show being bad is we're taking what are the, like the select excerpts of this that are good we are aware even looking at the grapple rates with the other stuff in the middle it just seems like a lot of stuff that's there as much as anything but this had like a very clear story a very clear dynamic a very clear heel a very clear face and those characters weren't particularly complicated they were interesting but you understood what it was you understand who roman reigns is and you under it's just the tragedy of it is it's not in front of fans it's like this is a moment that everyone has wanted to see and kind of feel and not mm. to be there when it actually takes place um but I thought this was this was like the kind of stuff that you would put on a B pay-per-view main event. Like mm. take the other the last twenty minutes away entirely and just get rid of it. Ironically burn it. And you put this in as the main event. And like I agree with you, Benno, this is the kind of stuff that you can easily sink your teeth into. I thought mm. Jay Uso stuff was somewhat excessive, but at the same time, I get the reasons for him being there because that's the story they've told over the last few months. And it's so, it's a story with depth as well, isn't it? Like how yeah. often do you get that in WWE? Like yeah. Jay Uso was the he was the sympathetic babyface, and then he's been co-opted by Roman, and now he's the heel. There's layers to that. You don't get those layers in WWE <laughs> storytelling usually. Yeah, I, I sorry, I said Jimmy Uso there, but obviously then. Jimmy Uso play, plays the way in. And I think they did like a, a, overall, they did a good job with the Uso feud. I mean, mm. here though, there wasn't the talking, which also then leads me into the idea of like show don't tell. And there's so much about their heels. It's all about telling and talking. And it's mm. relentlessly about that with very little in the way of actual fucking tangible actions. And here this felt like that was the case because it was like, it was a kind of dominant win. But at the same time, like you say, you know, Owens doesn't lose anything. I think if you know, if you're looking at it in a common sense way, this is something you want to go like you want to go back to a few times. I don't know if you want to go back to it next month at the Rumble or anything like that, because I think you want Owens in the Rumble mm. to kind of like because I think that's a nice story that you tell within that, and then you can create another story if you have in there near the end. So like I think at least with this is it it's somewhat of a fr it's a fresh dynamic. And it feels like the most pro wrestling thing that they're kind of doing at the moment. Hmm. And that's why, like you said earlier on, it exists in this kind of vacuum, doesn't it? I mean, it's, it's, it's funny because like you mentioned an Austin there and then, um, and, um, you know, when I was watching it, I was thinking like, oh, who, who's the, who is the babyface opponent here to go up against Reigns? And I was sort of, you know, I was thinking about the roster and things and that I, I couldn't kind of like land on somebody that I thought, oh, if they just had that like perfect, perfect babyface character here that was, you know, probably in this same Owens role, but I don't know, could maybe... I, I don't know, be a bit different or maybe be a bit of a bigger star kind of thing. And, and, and my, my mind just went and I just thought, like, fucking hell, they had it with Moxley, didn't they? They had, like, mm -hmm. they just put they just put the shield in the fucking wrong order and they just, like, put, you know, it was like they backed the wrong horse and they put the horses in the wrong race kind of thing. Like, if they'd done this five years ago with Reigns as this heel and this character and Ambrose as being more of the John Moxley as opposed to the cartoon Dean Ambrose that they got at a point where they had three times as many people watching their product and stuff it wouldn't be fucking you know like 
it wouldn't be in the gutter the way it is now. Like I, I, I don't think. I think that that there was there was like mileage in that, and obviously it's you know it's it's fantasy, and you've you know you've seen where Moxley's gone and things like that. But I just think if for that kind of like everyman character going up against Reigns, this heel who's like a fucking Greek god kind of you know it was it was absolute absolute money. But obviously they had to turn. Roman into the sucker and succotash uh, baby face and things like that with his terrible Vince 1950s lines and all, all, all that. Um, but I mean, as well, I think on that point about like almost like in a vacuum, I think when they did the pre, when they did the video before this match mm. and they showed the highlights of like getting to this particular match of the like little bits that has happened on SmackDown over the last few weeks, I was, I was actually watching it thinking, oh, I wouldn't have minded watching this kind of when you're seeing those like, highlights there like i literally never watched smackdown but i was left thinking like ah, oh, that that looks like it would have been all right like maybe i should have been watching this mm-hmm. you know for this this particular feud as well which again in a world where they're trying to stop hemorrhaging viewers and try and get trying to get people who have watched in the past to start watching again you know here you go easy blueprint kind of <laughs> you know sort of thing take it back to wrestling let's have uh, let's have good proper you know like you say led storylines some physical you know strong star-like characters you know putting on matches and hey ho you get people interested in watching it not fucking burning caricatures in the middle of the rings you know like that's yeah. that's not gonna that, that's not gonna bring people back well we have a goldberg coming back for uh, for the range match at mania so there you go you're looking for your big star baby face gareth you know <laughs> You mentioned Austin. If you want an Austin equivalent, you know, let's bring back Goldberg from 22 oh, years ago. Um, now, to be fair, I do enjoy Goldberg's WWE stuff, so I'm actually not going to complain about that. But it is shocking. I'll tell you who it is not, though. It, it is not. And I've, I've slagged him in the past on, 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 on here, but it is not Drew McIntyre. Like I, like, I cannot see for the life of me how anybody can think that he is the is a top guy is a, is a, is a, is a star of of any level and for for him to there to have that title and to be sort of put on that put on that level like i, th- I think the i think probably it just sort of stood out to me even more was watching that drew aj match and then immediately watching reigns owens and just almost drawing that comparison between drew mcintyre and roman reigns and you like for me like you look at McIntyre, and there's just nothing that's A plus about him. There's nothing about him that says star. I don't think he's got natural charisma. I don't think he's got a good look. I don't think he's a good promo. I don't think his ring works up to it. His gimmick isn't good. I don't think he comes across as being like tough or like he hasn't got that hard bastard edge to him or anything like that. You know, I don't even think he's got likability and like the ratings, the ratings back it up. He's had the fucking belt for the majority of the year, and then we've seen what's happened to the uh, ratings this year. And I, th- I think when you when you throw him in there, and you you know you you look at them side by side, mm. like Romans, like Razor Ramon, and um, you know Drew McIntyre is like Rick Bogner or something like that. He's just is <laughs> you know. It's, it's, oh, I thought uh, you were gonna uh, go with um, with yeah with Diesel like uh, you know. I saw like this isn't my take. I think it was Maxwell from RBR said like Drew McIntyre is what we all thought Roman Reigns was, and that is like it's 1996 Diesel, isn't it? Like it's you know. He's 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 corporate man doing what he's told. I don't think he's bad by any means, um, but I don't know. He doesn't feel like an old no, guy. No the bits I see him. <laughs> but, is, 
it is no, it is it, no fucking no charisma at all. Like, uh, like I, I just, it's, 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 it's just there. Like, I, I was, wow. I was just trying to, th- I was just thinking about it. I was thinking, imagine if Roman and Drew walked through an airport. Like they always say about like Vince McMahon has that airport like test kind of thing of someone being a star or been larger than life. And I was thinking Roman Reigns would so clearly be the everybody would pinpoint him as the star and Drew McIntyre looks like his security or his roadie or something like that. You know, he just, he just doesn't exude that same presence. He doesn't cut through the camera like, like Roman Reigns does. And like, if, if, if that guy's still got the belt in whatever, wheeling him around to WrestleMania, fucking AEW will be beating them in the ratings by that point as, as far as far as I'm concerned because he is just not on that level he's, he's no if you think of WWE champions like maybe maybe it's maybe it's me maybe I've just got a problem with him but he is not he's not a star he is not an alien like tell me tell me what he's got that is like a plus that is star material no he's a he's a he's a I, I mean he's better than the role he had in his last run I would always say like that they they shit the bed with him and they had more than him being a comedy act. I do think he's a good promo. I don't, I don't think he's got a star presence, but I disagree. I'd say he's got some presence. Um, it's just the role he's in. I, I think a lot of it's the poison chalice of being pushed as like Vince McMahon's top yeah. babyface during the fakest era in wrestling history, where they're literally piping crowd shit noise in to to get him over. Um, I think it's a lot of that. I don't think the wrestler himself is. I don't. I don't get me wrong. I don't think he's an A star wrestler, but I don't think he. I, I would call him a B wrestler. I'd say he's a he's a good upper mid carder. Um, I think that would be fair. I I would tend to go probably on that side of it as that upper kind of mid carder. I think he's just. It, it's that problem of the role that him being in. It's just like a whole set of. I think the overall story always feels like it, it, his timing is awful just overall his kind of luck and his general timing with it. I don't think there's necessarily he's amazing at stuff, but at least I've seen wrestling matches involving him, which I kind of enjoyed. And I can't think that way about a Bray Wyatt, where you're not even getting anything kind of even close to that. But there's just their kind of, it's their Achilles heel of not being able to create top baby faces. That's, yeah, their, not... that's their thing. And I, and I think it was always the thing that hampers them back. That if you had him in a different company, you wonder whether or not could they do better with him. Is like, would that be the kind of test? And I think other because that's what we were all saying. Better with when him. he was in Impact, yeah. when he was on the Indies, when he was on ICW. Like, how many takes did you hear? You know, look what WWE missed out on. What a promo he is. What what a what a great wrestler he is. I think a lot of it's just that Vince McMahon's never pegged him. He's either underrated him or he's vastly overrated him. He's never seen him at the right the appropriate level i think is the issue i think i think he got it right i think he's an impacts level world champion that's wow <laughs> he doesn't move the needle does he and that's yeah. ultimately it from a business metric perspective he just doesn't mm. seem to move the needle now it's funny enough there's a stone cold um sessions he's he's on with steve austin which is something one of the few things that i generally enjoy from mm. from the network um which i don't subscribe to like <laughs> Um, but at the same time, I'll be intrigued to see how he comes across on that. I'll be interested to see the way Austin takes the interview as well. Mm. And if he if he kind of mentions stuff, I always think those kind of dynamics are interesting because it's like he's kind of, you know, will it go the way of the Moxley interview? Will it become sort of like, like kind of very corporate and the rest of it, which is what I imagine ultimately it will be. It, you know, it'll come down to, you know, 
they they do everything perfect. I'm in this great position. End of story. Yeah, what's he going to say? I was, quite, I, was quite, I was quite interested as well that when he came to the ring, the commentator described him as battle tested Drew McIntyre. And I thought, <laughs> Ooh, I thought, oh, there's a nickname you don't want to go down. You don't want to be drawing any associations there, do you? Valhalla. Well, do you know what? He's got the sword, he's got the kill. It's, we're not a million miles away from that territory, are we? <laughs> that could work Jesus yeah mm. let's not talk about that team mm. um, <laughs> I mean what, what was what was still on, on, on WWE after we've uh, you've rightly buried uh, poor Drew McIntyre under the uh, under the earth Gareth there I do know you uh, you watched some NXT this week as well uh, anything you want to, uh, to notice on that before we uh, move on to maybe some ROH yeah, I mean, I, I ended up watching the NXT. I just, it was more like intrigue out of anything because I was like putting the matches up on the app and then I saw that like Pete Dunne took on Kyle O'Reilly and I thought like Pete Dunne against Kyle O'Reilly, like I should be watching that. Like that's, you know, on paper, that is a, that is a you know, mm. a, a match. God had travel to London and watch that kind of thing, you know. If that was a mm. if that was a headline on a show two years ago or something like that, I'd be I'd be, I'd be fucking made up for that. And you know, I think it was. Um, I, I haven't watched NXT for absolutely god donkeys. I can't remember the last time I watched it, but like, yeah, it was worth it was worth tuning in to watch that match. You know, I've given it like three point seven five. So as far as like a TV match goes, and especially because there was ad breaks thrown in as well, I think it was it was. Um, you know, it was a, it was good solid solid stuff between between the two, and it it sort of prompted me to end up just watching more of the show because I just added on. So I thought, oh well, I'll 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 just have a have a flick through and see some other stuff. And like Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley had a had a match on the show as as well again. That I think I ended up going like three point two five on, which you know when I was comparing it to Dynamite, the actual matches, the best matches between the two shows that I watched were both on on NXT this week. You know, not on not on Dynamite, which you know I can be quite quick to be judgmental and things and and I don't know throw out the idea of of, of NXT and get drawn into the the AW side of things. So I think it was yeah. uh, you know it was it was good to it was good to to watch both of those both both of those matches and they both were were good i mean i think the most thing that the thing that just sort of stood out to me really between the, the two shows really was just that whole difference in experience just because of the difference in visual presentation of it all and obviously just the way wwe with obviously all the screens and things and not having the crowd in the same way as as, as aw and just the, the presentation of it and having like the you know there, there was things that sort of scaled that Pete Dunn Carlo Alley match back where it was like they were piping in the this is awesome chance and they were piping in the fight forever chance and things. And that was probably almost like scaling me down towards maybe like knocking a 0.25 off it kind of thing with the different atmosphere that they were they were, they were, they were creating. But I think that the thing that just stood out to me as so much really was as good as the matches were, there was just almost that kind of like lack of vibrancy about watching NXT. And it did just, you know, it just felt like a bit more lifeless. And, and as good as these two matches were, you were thinking, God, if this was in Daly's place with an AEW style of presentation, they would have probably came across as even better as opposed to, um, you know, as opposed to the way that things uh, had, had been presented. And and it's funny because obviously the, the whole 
previous WWE stuff was that, you know, from a production standpoint, they were always the ones where it was better production values and things. And I think they've diminished their production values so much by the overly tailored format. And especially as they've gone to this closed arena format as well, that it's, it's taken away from the, it's, it's taken away from the matches. So matches that were good, there, kind of in isolation. I don't know, like you say, sort of almost were made to feel a bit, um, feel a bit worse, um, sort of thing. But you know, I was, mm. I was, kind of, you know, I was pleasantly surprised, um, pleasantly surprised watching them both. Really, so um, again, it was. I, I just thought it was a quick, uh, it was worth a quick reference because I know we're very kind of a pro AEW, very, you know, we we don't talk about NXT very often, kind of thing. But mm. I thought I was just quite interested to reference that. You know, there was some good stuff on there, and just kind of, I don't know, balance things out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it just doesn't interest me. I don't know what it is. Like, it's, it's, it's. It, it, I was the biggest NXT fan, like, what, like three years ago, probably longer, maybe four years ago now. And it is. It's this move to TV. It's it's the environment they're into. It's the fact that you know Triple H's limited good ideas are now having to be dragged out to like to two hours every week. Um, and you know, and maybe. Yeah, turn it from a show where you probably didn't have to watch the TV and you could just watch the takeovers to, okay, now we've got to make the TV a little bit more must-watch and more things have got to happen, therefore we're burning through more feuds. Uh, I think there's that. I think it's the it's the choice of guys a lot of the time that doesn't interest me. I mean, they, you know, as far as matches go, I suppose that that's maybe the most interested you could get me in NXT, but I'm certainly not interested in, you know, in Dexter Loomis and the other likes of people who've been, you know, giving heavy NXT pushes lately. Um, yeah, it's just completely fell off my radar as something worthwhile watching. And you kind of almost think, like, if anything, them going up head head to head with AEW has made them such like the uncool brand. Back when they were, you know, they mm. were the cool brand. They were like, it was it was always weird because it was always like, oh well, Vince doesn't know what he's doing, but this NXT stuff, this is the real cool stuff. And it was always like, well, it's still WWE. You know, it's like we're all acting like it's this big indie. It's not. It's just WWE, and I don't think it's even got that anymore. It is just, it's another part of WWE TV. Sorry, JP. No, that was always the weirdest thing. People would treat NXT as if it's got nothing to do with WWE. Well, when and Triple like, H takes over, everything's going to be fixed. Yeah, so we've probably yeah. been guilty of that. When Vince McMahon dies and Triple H steps up, like, we're probably wrong about that. I, I think our mentality was it couldn't be worse than what Vince is doing. And I would still maintain that to it. I, I, mean, I have to agree. It, it, I think there's something about when watching NXT, my overall thought is... These are the people who should have been your headliners on your Raws and your Smackdowns at this point. That was the whole purpose of all of this. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't have Kyle O'Reilly in big matches on the main roster, knowing that he could deliver them. But that's just that kind of thinking is so far removed from it. So I suppose it, it it's just one of the things then that I look at. And it, it, again, I'm sorry, I bang on about it. The presentation. And I just don't like WWE presentation. I think it's one of the most stale aspects that they have to have. And it's getting rid of like a Kevin Dunn. And I think that's one of the things that just dissuades me from ever wanting to watch, say, NXT. Mm. Sorry, Gareth. Yeah, don't, don't worry. I wasn't trying to champion it and get more people to watch NXT. Yeah. <laughs> NXT Need more ratings but, on the grapple app. That's what it is. Yeah. I, I think we're... I, I, I just... Um, I think um, I think like you say there. I think I think the presentation side of things as well. I think it was presented as different, whereas the presentation, as they've got the claws into it on TV, has sort of slowly 
that you know that's what I was saying there from the way it would the, the production almost taking the edge off it like the way it's presented does resemble raw or something a bit more now doesn't it whereas it did feel a bit like if you think back to those you know earlier takeovers they look gritty and dirty and almost indie kind of thing in the way they were presented as well and they didn't have the same volume of camera cuts and people talked about like you know the them being produced produced slightly differently and you, you know they, they weren't as you know they weren't presented in, in in that same way but it's uh you know it's definitely it's definitely taking taking a turn for the worst i mean the, fa- the fact that he uh, Winning that match, Kyle O'Reilly was getting pushed into a title match. That was, you know, it was it was basically a title eliminator between O'Reilly and Dunn, and that was again as I was kind of like trying to look for scraps of of, of positivity there. That was one thing on the back of having like you know Killer Cross getting the belt on him earlier this year and all that. You know the the bollocks promos and supernaturalness almost surrounding him as well, kind of thing made me think like, oh, if they realise the error of the way here and they're going to get try and get back to wrestling being front and center of the nxt brand which if you know if that's the case you know and they're, and they're actually you know using people like this in more prominent positions and then also with the women's division then then like great you know great kind of thing it sort of maybe opens the door to do something different but have i got faith in them to do that mm, don't think so yeah that's it Oh well, well, while you while you were watching that, Gareth uh, JP, I believe you were uh, you tuned into all the final battle on Friday. Um, was that a was that a one walking through the hills one? Was it a live one? Uh, I could I could I kept planning to watch it. I planned to watch it Friday, and then I don't know. I, I was like, I couldn't have told you any matches on it, so I was like, you know what? It's final battle. I usually watch it every year, but I'm really I'm clearly not that interested. Then I planned to watch it on Saturday, didn't get round to it. Then I planned to watch it on Sunday, didn't get round to it. Then I watched it today. And it was it was fine. It was a show. Um, it's it's an empty arena show. They are like impact purely at empty arena promotion. There's only so much I think you can do to to keep those shows riveting. But you know, I thought it had a couple of uh, reasonably uh, standout matches, some solid booking up and down. And you know, they're a very the one thing I'll say about Ring of Honor, very very professionally run company. You know, there were a couple of matches missing from this show. Because um, there were people who failed uh, COVID tests, you know, you're not really hearing much of that in the, in other promotions. Or there were people who couldn't travel because of COVID-related reasons. They're taking all that stuff seriously, uh, which is good. Um, I like to take, see them take that Marty Scale investigation a bit more seriously, but hey ho. Um, but you know, the, 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 at least on the COVID side of things, you can say that they're doing, they're probably doing the best of uh, of any promotion out there, and the show's suffering as a result. But I definitely thought there was some some interesting things on this show, from you know Mike Bennett's return to you know the the the, the Roosh main event with the uh, with the you know adding to the stable and you know all the stuff that brought to. I thought it was a it was an okay show, easy watch to just throw on, but I don't know, it didn't feel like a a hugely urgent uh, version of Final Battle for uh, for 2020 for me. You muted? Um, I am muted. Apologies for that. <laughs> and I had an awesome fucking line I was going to come out with. Um, I'm sat here with one of the, sorry, the, the one of the great Ring of Honor historians and podcasters here. So I tread carefully when talking about <laughs> Final Battle. Um, Look, I've been forcing I, people to listen to my ROH I, takes all December, so they can have a break now. Yeah. Uh, three lots of ROH yeah, retro I, shows. I feel like I've worn out my welcome with most. I, I want to hear Benno like review. I want to hear you reviewing. I don't know, twenty eleven Ring of Honor. Like I, yeah. I'm kind of intrigued to see see what you think. Cornet era ROH, you know, Owens uh, yeah. Steam versus Is it Mike Mundo and stuff like that. Oh, he turns into online I pay per views that went to shit. Fucking when he bring, he brought he brought in the headbangers as a mystery tag team. 
Yeah, finger on the pulse to the our old Jim Cornette with the, this this wear promotion. Yeah, Mike Modest to the world. Yeah, I did know about the James Gibson title run. I just remember thinking that's just fucking odd, but I was never <laughs> seeing any of it. But there you go. Did me and Al convince you? Yes, you did. You did convince me. But I, I need you. We were talking about this earlier on. I need you to give the context of a lot of this because I find myself watching matches of old Ring of Honor and just sort of going mm. like. What fucking scenario did this happen in? Because I'm kind of really intrigued by that. Anyway, I digress. Modern day Ring of Honor. I would say that this current incarnation has got their shit together a bit more. Just mm. in a more sensible, logical, coherent way. Yeah. Not all. I would agree that there's not really anything on here that's like spectacular and really go out of your way to watch. Mm. And that's not the kind of recommendation you necessarily want but i think it's a product that kind of focuses more on wrestling and they really are making kind of a, a bigger deal of that to a certain to a certain extent i think that there, there's some quite nice stuff i think there's some stuff they've set up for the year i think it's interesting dragon lee and roosh holding on to the titles especially roosh because he seems like a wwe fit in ring of honor like that's the kind of natural home for him to kind of be all charismatic and the rest of it and do the kind of effectively Andrade stuff, but possibly with Andrade, who was originally in Los Ingobernables with him. So, oh, yeah, he, yeah could be the, I, he could be the mystery man. Yeah. I, I'd like to say just a couple of notes. Like production perspective, I think that empty arena version is actually, I quite like it. It's, I think it's quite clean. Mm. Everything at ringside seems kind of sorted. I like Riccoboni and Coleman as commentators. I think they're kind of nice and relaxed. They're almost whispering like they're doing the snooker. Yeah, I thought that. they got a different vibe, haven't they? Like a very much like a more of a real sports vibe. Uh, I don't think Caprice is any good, to be honest. But I do think Riccoboni is very good at doing that style, at doing that, like like I say, it feels like the call on a sport. Eurosport, like you said last week, it feels a little bit like that. And I tell you what, we all need a bit more Eurosport in our lives when we think of it. So, I mean, (laughs) like, I, I, I kind of like that. And... You know, there is some fresh talent coming through. I mean, I don't know if you want to go match by match through it. I mean, I would say if you go to the match of the night, it would be Gresham Flip Gordon would be Mm. the kind of obvious one. And I still think that was like, I went 3.75 on that. Mm. I still think think it was a bit too long, but I did enjoy the story sort of particularly towards the end. It just feels like Flip Gordon's, is he killing time until he goes to AEW? Because you can imagine that that's, you know, if he was released, that they would snap him up. Because his Ring of Honor run has just been so fits and starts, isn't it? It's like mm. Thomas Party's Arsenal career. It's just not got <laughs> going. Um, and, you know, you're thinking you're paying a lot of money for him, but you're not really kind of seeing what it is you should get there. But, I mean, one of the things they're clearly building is like Gresham to be the centrepiece of the company. And that's something mm. that I can get on board with. Because fundamentally, he's an amazing technical wrestler. And that's what they're going for as their new brand. And he is like the best fit of it. And I think his unique height and style kind of works to that advantage as well. I know you've not always been up on a lot of the pure matches, but I have to say I've kind of, you know, I've enjoyed this incarnation of it. And it might just be the fact that it's different to everything else. So the novelty could perhaps wear off if I'm six months into this, but... I don't know. I think it ran it well off for me on the tournament, to be honest. I know Gareth was the yeah. same. It was like the I like Gresham, but like, I don't know. Those semi-final and final matches were just 
I just feel like they ran out of ideas. Oh yeah, we've ran out of rope breaks. Oh yeah, like I've been working over this body part. Oh, it's just I don't know. I just feel like it's it's it, it, you'll hear me on those retro shows, like even talking with Alan about classic pure title. Even in two thousand and five, I thought the idea was kind of at the end of its end of its rope. Um, I like it. Don't get me wrong. I like I like the excuse to give Gresham a push. Um, I like the fact that it, you know, and he's a legitimate guy who can carry that and be pure champion. I just don't know how much I actually want to see the matches. Um, I mean, I gave that three and a half stars, but I, even that felt a, felt generous, really. I think it's more because I like Flip Gordon and I like and I like Jonathan Gresham as as wrestlers in general, and I thought they did well despite the step rather than because of it. Okay, I just thought it was interesting what they'd done with it with him Flip Gordon using the rope breaks really early and then sort of Gresham having to use them in quick succession towards the end. I, mean, I don't know. I think it it can add a narrative to a match in mm. a way that standard professional wrestling can't really do at points. Well, it, it can do it, but it does it in a slightly different way. And I'm not probably burnt out by all those Ring of Honor pure defences that you are and how many of them you would have sat through in your entire life compared <laughs> to me. So I can kind of get you go, oh, fuck me, not this again. Um, rope breaks again. They're excited yeah. going, it's really great, isn't it? It's like kind of old classic rules. And you're like, yeah, whatever. I've sat through this, mate. Like, <laughs> if it was decade... Bloodsport style, I'd be into it. It's mm. just, it is that just that, that trope of, oh, they're all out of rope breaks now. What are they going to do? And yeah, one, probably once you've seen it like 15, 15 years, that's probably enough with a big gap in the middle. Uh, yeah. But again, it's a good excuse to do something with Gresham. So I don't disagree with you there. Yeah. And it seemed very clearly after the main event that, that like I said before, they got Roosh and Dragon. I mean, I thought the main event was was fine for it what it was. Match, it's as hard. It? It's as hard working as you're going to get from Roosh. He's fucking yeah. limited. He does a lot of brawling. He's not a good wrestler. He's got it's funny. Charisma. He's got this rapper's one, hasn't he? Like people think because because he's a because he's a lucha guy and because like yeah. he's a known lucha guy, people expect it from him. And yeah, I can't say I've seen it in like the the, the ROH the, that I've seen. Um, Never saw yeah, it in New I'm, Japan, did you? No, no, that's true. Man. That's true. I mean, Dragon Lee's twice the wrestler he is, and Dragon Lee's the junior in, in that stable, you know. Um, yeah, I, I thought saw I saw LA Park in a match that was pretty fucking berserk. But then it's in it's in Mexico <laughs> it's Park, with a crowd that adores both of them, so it's different, isn't it? Telly Park doing a drunken brawl, so you're always yeah, uh, you're always going to get people. Uh, uh, it's good for shits yeah, and giggles. Like I gave that main event three stars just because I mean it, it was it was a gentleman's three of a match. You probably don't want that for your main event final battle. You probably want a bigger moment. That was a big takeaway for me. It was like okay, cool. Like you know Russian Dragon Lee's dad is it? Like uh, Bastier is it? Like yep. came out and helped them help them win. But it was just a bit like okay, this is anticlimactic. Great the, uh, mm. the 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 heel champion retained his belt. Like what a great end to your WrestleMania. Um, you know, okay, yeah, you got the tease with the with the Gresham stable stuff, but that's maybe what I thought this show was missing was like that big moment. And you know, like I say, best of here coming out wasn't it. Um, if you did get Andrade coming out, maybe that would have been it. Um, but I don't know, I don't see that happening anytime soon. You've got the old um, fella work. I suppose so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. And he does, to be fair, like he looks good, for, like to be the dad of those two. You'd think oh, he'd look that. another twenty years older. You could, you could sell him as the older brother. Uh, it does work. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd probably say it's an in-ring highlight, though it wasn't either of those matches for me. It was Dragon Lee and Tony Deppin. I thought that mm. was really good. Um, but the, I don't know if Deppin's working on Twitter or what, but he's really pushing the fact that he hasn't got an ROH contract um, and seems quite bitter about it. Uh, I think it is kind of the work because the, you know, the idea is that he's like, mm. 
this guy that and he even talked about it on commentary about how you know surely he should get another opportunity he's someone who they kind of barry they cast him as like a modern barry horowitz or somebody like that who's like look the way into getting this this pay-per-view uh match with, with a dragon lee in a in a time you know where where you know maybe there's more opportunity for someone like him on a pre-show to to come through and, and get a match like that but i thought he was great like you're always going to get a professional performance from him as, as a baby face or as a heel or as pretty much you know an underdog that that he was here um you're always going to go to a good match and i think dragon lee is is very good too uh maybe not that that top level of junior workers around the world but you know he's somebody can can absolutely go um and i like that as like a a solid like mid-card match that gave uh three, three and a half on grapple again telling you what pretty much the <laughs> the ceiling is uh for this show um but it still probably was my favorite match of the lot i went three and a half on that as well and i think there's like I think with Dragon Lee, I think I forget. I think he's like twenty-four or twenty-five. He's incredibly young. There's stuff that like you can still do with him. Um, it does feel like he should be pushed to a higher. Like he should be pushing himself to be at a higher place. Like there's a point where he's kind of got that name and a bit of a rep. I think the Deppen stuff. I kind of like. Obviously, he's got those kind of really very obvious facials where you can tell he's holding his neck as he goes to the ring. Yeah. I kind of like the statement of intent of getting a guy like that into a featured match on a pay-per-view, though. I kind of admired that from them because that's something that we've been very highly critical of them over the last few years, that they've been really behind the times when it comes to a lot of talent. And here they've got someone who's got a kind of good social media presence, is someone who is kind of out there and at the same time, they've used them in a way that, that works. And I, what I liked about it, the last few minutes, it just turned into a US indie match. And mm. in some ways, like that was the thing that I kind of, I thought to myself, oh, it would have been just great if you'd done this for 10 minutes. Mm. you just gone kind of absolutely batshit crazy and said, we're going to do the, the kind of mad, spectacular kick out of ridiculous second rope Canadian destroyers and all the rest of it. But... I, I really I I went three and a half like you and I I enjoyed it. I thought I thought it was good fun. Yeah, that's it. And you know, if this was a show that was missing people, it was missing Bandido, you know, EC3's big match was supposed to be on this show as well. So, you know, give him give him a bit of credit. And like I say, a lot of the angle stuff they were building, like you said, the Gresham stuff. The even, you know, the Mike Bennett stuff with the Kingdom, uh, as dramatic yeah. as it was with, you know, with uh, with him getting taken out and then doing like this Kingdom versus Kingdom storyline with that Matt Taven okay. and the others. No. That was a good angle. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, Dan Housen. It should have been nowhere near this. That was awful. <laughs> that is one of the most... That's more shindy than that warhorse guy. Yeah, like, he's bad. And I remember seeing that thinking, fuck me, this should be nowhere near prime time. That, it was awful. It was an awful finish to mm. it, like winning by DQ after doing the kind of... Being hit with the mic spot, which oh, yeah, he, 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 the winter is coming. He did like a full Eddie Guerrero yeah. where he like he kind of got his face paint on the microphone and then like knocked himself out and then the referee saw the face paint and called for the win. Yeah, that was a one star match. I've never seen one. Uh, yeah, he's awful. Uh, Who's he meant I, to appeal to? Meme fans who listen to watch. Well, people like me really watch the GCW WrestleMania weekend shows. <laughs> I, someone children. seriously suggest. Yeah, which children are ordering Final Battle twenty twenty on fight? Please, <laughs> your kids. Maybe? Which children? Financially independent children with a fucking ponchon for hard, for like strong style American wrestling. Who are these fucking people? It's ridiculous. Absolutely awful. Awful, awful gimmick. 
Um, yeah. Really quick shout out. I thought Pete, the PCO thing is fucking mental. Mm. Like when he started doing jujitsu on the floor on that tag. And I know it sounds silly. Him and Mark Briscoe as a tag team, that weirdly could be kind of fine <laughs> for the next work, year. Yeah. It shouldn't do. Every bone in my body should have like hated it and was all prepared to hate it. Mm. And go, PCO is someone you shouldn't have there. And it just appears to be he does the whole Frankenstein's monster stuff and then starts saying, oh, by the way, I've been training to be a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, as Frankenstein does in Mary Shelley's classic story. <laughs> so, yeah, as he we can in... all famously remember. Gareth, if you weren't a fan of Homicide trying to do Bloodsport style on that, uh, that Bloodsport show, you would not be a fan of PCO trying to do jiu-jitsu, honestly. It was, uh, it was it several made me laugh. Uh, steps below even that. Yeah, but good on him. Good on the lad. He, got it, you know, he was killing himself on the Indies. Got himself a contract like 20 years past what we all thought the sell-by date was. Uh, he's earned it at this point to, uh, to coast by. Um, but yeah, again, I, I would I would underline. Fun show. Okay, show to throw on in the background while I was working today, but like I say, nothing really, uh, nothing standout uh, is probably the way. Um, but yeah, while we were watching that, uh, Gareth, uh, you were uh, tuning into another uh, potential five star match from Japan. So I don't know, should I, should I set the next half an hour aside? Are we gonna, uh, are we gonna have a <laughs> love it like, uh, like with Noah last week? Uh, something tells me maybe we're not. Yeah, the short answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> Dragon Gate yeah. this time, wasn't it? Though you know, we're, we're getting we're getting around Japan. It was, it, it was, and I know there was like a um, there was a there was a match um, uh, a few weeks ago, wasn't there? There was uh, there was a decent rating on the on the app for I think it was a Kuda against Ashida, who was like relatively oh, yeah. well, well rated, and I watched that and I was a bit underwhelmed by. By that one um, at the at, at the time, so and uh, I think having having watched this, um, uh, basically there was a there was an OG DQ ten man tag team elimination match in at Dragon Gate Final Gate, and it was you know the the losing team must uh, must disband at the end of it, and it was the um, team Toromon or Toromon generation against. Um, is it red or R-E-D? I don't know. There's full stops in there. Do they call them you red? You can do either. It's fine. Yeah, you know. I've heard Alan Farrell do both, so it's okay. It's, I was going to say, it's, it's, it's one of those where I know you'll get grief if you, if, you, if you say it wrong either way. But this was one that I'd just seen as of yesterday, like when it put it on the app and it had, I'd, I'd seen a bit of um, talk on Twitter, but then when it went on the app then I seen a lot of like five stars coming through immediately and it was like averaging out this morning at like 4.7 it was in like the top 10 matches of the year on the app and um again there was you know quite a few ratings coming at that point and I thought oh well I've got to give uh, got to give this a watch even even though it's like not a promotion that I'm particularly following or anything like that and have to say <laughs> Um, um, having got in with quite high expectations with it being in there in the the top 10 and lots of fives uh, been thrown its way I definitely came away from it thinking like yeah if something's a five star match surely it should hold up that if somebody's just dipping in like that to watch it they should at least be thinking it's like four and a half you know know, at least it it should feel like some elite level elite level match I mean I ended up going and uh, going away and giving it 3.75 at, 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 at the end of it and I just I just don't understand why everyone was was rating it so highly it was you know it was a like I don't know but like a, a half an hour match that was it was no DQ but they started the match off like they were tagging out and I was thinking it's no DQ why are you why are you tagging out and then like about four minutes in somebody got hit in the face with a spanner and I was thinking 
all right, so you can hit someone in the face with a spanner, but you've got to tag somebody to be able to come in the match kind of thing. So there was that kind of... Holding the tag rope as well. They sort of of like lost me. And I I know know it's it's Dragon Gate and things, but off the off, from the off there, I was thinking like, don't don't know know if I like like this, but there just wasn't a lot to it. And for something that had been positioned to me to be like up front as, you know, it was this highly important feud and there was there was a lot of in the video package beforehand it was you know the rivalry you know did cut across and there was you know an element of like hatred in there sort of did come across it just didn't cut through in the match for me and like i, it, it, I don't know if it's just a dragon gate style thing but it just it just i don't know it, a lot of it just felt quite throwaway it just felt a bit quite light it the the structure just felt a little bit off. I think that the main positive that I could give is that when they did use foreign objects, they were sort of like they were largely used for finishers. So they were you know, eliminations were coming off the back of, you know, somebody you know getting a face buster to a chair or someone getting piled out through a table or something like that. So that was that was uh, that was um, positive. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know. It was a bit of a it was a bit a bit, a bit of an odd one where you kind of like you see the rating. And then what? What ultimately you end up watching just kind of just doesn't doesn't match up. And I don't know. I almost feel like I need somebody else who watched it to tell me why it was a five star. Um, did you, you watched it, didn't you, JP? I did. I kind of more or less squeezed this in at uh, at the start of the at the recording when we were kind of getting things set up towards the end of it. And my thoughts were when watching this, going, "What am I missing that everyone else is seeing?" Because I'm not seeing, it's like, it's all over the place and it's wild and chaotic and there's always stuff happening. It just, like, the story is kind of lost on me. And I agree with you, actually, if it's being rated that highly, you kind of want the ability to be able to drop in. And you mentioned that last week very eloquently about um, um, Go Shiyazaki and Takeshi Segura and being able to drop Mm. into this, not knowing anything about it. And here, it felt entirely lost. And it just sort of became very, very overblown very, very quickly as a way of using like a chair to be able to eliminate someone to slightly protect them. Or you like Ita got powerbombed into a barbed wire backboard, which it's very weird because it starts off with this kind of like I expected there to be like lucha rules and people kind of flying in like it was, I don't know, like the Dragon Gate six man was like that, wasn't it? I mean, like this idea that it's going to be kind of lots and lots of high impact action and i didn't really ever feel like that i just sort of saw people get eliminated after some very convoluted move onto some sort of prop mm. and i was there going I-, I must be missing something and i, and I would agree with you. it like gave it the five star rating it's like please tell me genuinely i don't know what it is i'm missing now i have to say i've kind of squeezed this in just before the recording thinking I've got this to fall back on because I know that in Firefly Inferno match is going to be complete shite. <laughs> and so I watched that beforehand and then I went to this and I was like... Should have been given it five stars after that. Pick it up. <laughs> like, because that fucking abomination I sat through before is still in the memory here. And it just seemed like a, a lot of, you know, quite small blokes doing some hardcore spots, really. Am I am I oh. wrong in this? I. You know, so it's very athletic, but yeah, I'm, pl- I'm, pl- I'm pleased. To, I'm pleased to hear you say that because you know I was thinking, am I just like, 
am I, am I on an island here? Is it, am I just completely missing something? And like, yeah. it, it just it just left me just feeling so kind of empty when I was watching it, thinking this this could just be like any match that's just on kind of any show, really. And I'm, you know, as I'm looking on the app now, you know, like seven minutes ago, a five star ratings in come in, you know, like just before that, a four point seven fives come in, you know, just before your rating there, JP, there's another five star, there's another five star before that. Like WH has gone four point seven five on it. Um there oh, wow. as well. Suit Williams gone five stars as well, you know. So you know, I think uh Big names. I think we need to we need to um I don't know. Maybe maybe we need to uh, listen out to uh, and and get a bit more depth behind why the uh, why these five stars have been thrown out because clearly it didn't uh, didn't connect for us. Well, our mate uh, Eamon, who's uh, been pushing us to watch Dragon Gate, and we've been disappointing mm. him every time uh, it, it, it's come up. He did actually tweet us as well today, though, saying you know if that if if the match doesn't grab us, uh, apparently Dragon Gate have got a they got a new championship, the Open the Beautiful Gate, and apparently it's decided by random games of uh, of indoor footy. Uh, apparently they're just uh, they're, they're playing a bit of like you know when you used to play like the FIFA games in the 90s when they'd be like indoor mode I think that's literally what they're doing uh, they're having a kickabout with a okay. with a yellow fly away and, uh, and and defending the title like that I mean surely that that sounds more up our alley maybe than the, than this match sounds like it was for you two it does I feel bad because it's like <laughs> I like Eamon and he says I'll watch this and it's like mate oh yeah I'll give it a go and I'll watch it and I'm like I'm missing something and I don't I, and I don't get it, but mm. there's clearly sort of so much going on with it. And it is, like I've said before, it's the second most popular company in Japan. Mm. It's the one that's kind of most likely like to kind of threaten that new Japan demographic of, of sort of younger female fans that they that they do rely on and that the LOJ stuff is, is heavily pushed towards. But it, it just doesn't connect for me. And and maybe I'm just being like the hardest of taskmasters, but yeah, I didn't see. I suppose when you're expecting those kind of right, you're expecting to kind of see the top tier of the particular genre of that match. So when he did go hardcore, I thought, I bet there's ten minutes of just some absolutely batshit stuff that's coming up, and that's perhaps where where people are when they're putting the rating in. Mm-hmm. I just never saw it, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh right. And there's people in there that are clearly very very talented, but yeah. It's lost on me. Oh, never going to be the Dragon Gate podcast, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> no, but, you know. and we try. Send us the best five aside matches. Maybe we'll maybe we'll try again. Um, I was going to say Dragon Gate World Cup doubles. I'm in for watching a bit of that. So there you yeah. go. Yeah. Fancy game five aside with us as well. Masters football would be a relief at this moment in time, wouldn't it? <laughs> I think as well. Some of that. There you go. Uh, maybe we can play some five aside against knackered from the fucking sideline playing for <laughs> Liverpool. Classic Liverpool. <laughs> I would Yeah, yeah. Yes. Bring a Tony Cotillard out of timer for the Everton team. Ireland's in good shape, well. generally. <laughs> it was always interesting deep. to see, wasn't it? Yeah, whose team still had people who were like, okay, you could still play here. Like, you could still be playing like yeah. a, a low level. Not Neville Southall, although in fairness, five asides, like, given the size, he'd take up most of the goal, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> So hey, you leave Neville Self all alone. He's a very good man. No, he's a, a legend. Charity. He's a legend, but he's he's more fatty folks at this point, really, isn't he? <laughs> he is. He's a big lad. He was always big, Ned. He's still a oh, cat, he was. I'm sure he can get hey, around that. that he's uh, not that going point. hungry. Good luck to him. <laughs> um, and he's still, like, his Twitter feed is great, great value. Oh, and he's the adult And the adult baby takeover is still off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, 
Well, before we go then, uh, speaking of companies in Japan, I did want to mention it briefly. Hopefully we'll get a, a chance to mention it again before it happens. But uh, uh, Wrestle Kingdom card is taking shape. Uh, we're getting there, guys. It's only unbelievably... A bit like Christmas this week where it's blew my mind that Christmas is on Friday. Wrestle Kingdom's, what, two weeks away? Um that's nuts. Um, yeah, in two weeks uh, there is the small matter of Wrestle Kingdom. We've had a bit of a bit of a slew of announcements for the show. Uh, it's just going to gauge your interest levels overall. Uh, night one is now announced as Naito versus Ibushi, as we knew. Okada Osprey, Tanahashi Great Okan. That's a match. Uh, Dangerous Tackers versus the Gorillas of Destiny. Hiromu versus El Fantasmo. That's not. Night one, uh, obviously El Fantasmo by virtue of the J-Cup last weekend. And then on night two, it's either Naito or Ibushi versus Jay White. Evil versus Sonada. <laughs> Shingo versus Jeffrey Cobb. Taiji Shimori versus Hiromu um, or El Fantasmo, whoever wins that match. Um, and then apparently there's a stardom exhibition match as well. Um, I believe there's one on each night, I'm sure there is. Um, mm. But they won't be on because of TV rights issues. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. for us, they they don't be, both basically mm. don't exist. But two weeks out, lads, and it's, uh, you know, I'm I'm still hyped tomorrow, Carter Osprey. I don't care. That's going to be a killer match. Once, mm. once, once the bell rings, that's going to be great. Less enthused about some of the stuff. Evil and Sonata. Uh, I'm not on the the Great Okan train. I just don't see it. Um, if, if I get proven wrong, no. I get proven wrong. But I just haven't seen him a lot for Rev Pro. I haven't seen him in person. I'm not seeing what people are seeing uh, in him and what apparently Tanahashi is seeing in him and in wanting this match. Um, I do think he's. I just can't see this being a success. But you know, you know, if Tanahashi's got an eye for talent. Maybe, maybe he'll turn out to be turn out to be right. Uh, if it was him that requested this match, but. Yeah, there's not a, a really huge amount of exciting to sink your teeth into. Like I say, the Naito Abushi J White stuff we talked about a few weeks ago just feels a bit feels a bit shoehorned. But again, I'm sure those matches will be particularly good. I'm sure we'll all be sat there on the morning of the two Wrestle Kingdoms and and into it as we always are. But I don't feel that two weeks out hype um, that I might have felt in past years. Uh, at the moment, it's just looking like a pair of shows more than anything. Don't know what you guys think. It looks like a pair of shows. Mm-hmm. I would completely go along. This is the most underwhelmed I've felt for a Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. I think ever since I've started watching them on the reg, which would probably be sort of, what, 2012, 2013? Um, uh, this is, like, for me, I agree with you, like, kind of Osprey Okada. What I dis... And the night one is certainly better. What I dislike so is the kind stronger. of amount of impression that that match has of, like, okay, like, really delivering. It's like, I'm not... It's because... Partly that I'm so underwhelmed by New Japan generally from a storytelling perspective that it has kind of coloured my judgment over so much of this in terms of my own emotional investment in it. There's very little that I'm emotionally invested in or I'm really kind of intrigued by. So in some ways, it's just like I kind of want to see wrestling that blows my mind. And that's not really what I'm getting across these two cards. These aren't like two cards set up with that. It's set up with storyline stuff in mind, particularly on night two. And that's the stuff that I'm gritting my teeth for. Um, I, I, you know, the tag titles, I've, I've just never, I haven't given a shit about them in the longest time. Um, I'm not, you know, Naito possibly there. I mean, I, I think it's going to be the Ibushi sort of crowning moment of what they've going to go with but then i'm not even kind of enthused by that so it, it it's really worrying and also i'm meant to be working I'm meant to be 
I'm supposed I am working. Oh, but I don't know whether Joe's or not we're go- I thought you'd be celebrating. I know. Yeah, yeah. Both he's not happy. Um <laughs> but like for both of us it, it's like you know working on um uh, January 4th unless the schools go back a week later which might possibly happen. So I want to say that is the only silver lining on a tier 4 shaped cloud is that I get to watch the Tokyo Dome live. And if that's the case, I want to be fucking impressed because mm. I worry that if this is as underwhelming as what I worry it will be, um, I don't know what it's going to make. It, it means, am I going to start wanting to like not give a shit about some of the kind of bigger shows? Am I just going to find myself dropping in and out? Because that will feel like a kind of tragedy considering like there was a point like you know, that time they were in London for Royal Quest and how much I just absolutely loved that show. And Gareth, you were literally sat next to me during it. I mean, it was... All right, stop running in, lads. I wasn't there again. I know, I was going to mention... Fucking Christ. Yeah. But I was at home watching NXT NXT UK TakeOver, all right? I had important things to do that time. (laughs) Oh, you backed the wrong horse that weekend, didn't you? Um, (laughs) No, actually, in fairness, I remember you saying it was a good show. But like yeah. the, it was more the AW pay per view. Carry on. <laughs> but but yeah, it, it just feels to me at, at 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 this stage, it's like there's nothing about this show that I feel kind of would get me enthused. Mm. I'll be honest. Do you know what could get me enthused in New Japan? It won't happen. It's going in the realms of fantasy booking. Stop dicking around and make a statement on AEW, whether things are happening or not. That would be something to go fuck me going into 2021 with like at least some interesting stuff on the horizon. So in a weird way, out of all of this, it's probably those announcements they do at halftime on a show will be as interesting for me as some bits that are on the card. And that's a fucking tragedy. Yeah. yeah. Where's I your interest levels, Gareth? I think the bit that like, I think from an enthusiasm standpoint, as well as, you know, obviously we don't need to retread old ground but you know we've talked about a lot over the last few weeks has just been just generally been a bit more down on new japan this year generally kind of thing i was hoping that because i've because i've had a little bit of a break from it as late i haven't been watching absolutely everything as i normally would do you know like literally anything that comes on new japan world i would have watched ordinarily if it was a you know a road to show or you know every day of say like they're the best of the super juniors or something like that which i just didn't i didn't do i was kind of open that it would give me that i don't know spark of enthusiasm for wrestle kingdom and and, and i haven't got that yet and I'm, I'm sort of thinking i'm looking at that card i'm thinking like oh i wonder what else is going to be on there but there's going to be nothing else on there that's bigger or more blow away than than stuff that's already announced i i, I don't think so i think when i look at it i probably like think about like the iwgb title matches and like naito ibushi i just sort of just keep looking back thinking back to you know like 2019 like last year like it felt like they had a feud that went on for a very long time and they had like quite a lot of singles matches and you know over probably about a you know you know, a twelve-month period there. They probably had like four singles matches in that time period. So I feel like I've kind of seen that. <laughs> I don't need to see. It. Like I don't know if my enthusiasm isn't necessarily there for it being the headline of that first day sort of thing. I know, I know it'll be a good match, kind of thing, but it's not something that's making me like jump with excitement to see see it. I think the you know the Osprey Akada match. You know, excited about that. It is you know get them two in the ring. It's 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 going to be outstanding you know you'd, you'd assume it's 
it's one of those on paper you're already thinking this is going to be a match of the year candidate before we've before we've even had it. But a lot of the stuff around it, God being back in the tag team picture, and I've been quite enjoying the Tai Chi Zach stuff. <sighs> Don't think that's a matchup uh, <laughs> you know needed to see particularly. Evil Sonata. Again, don't need to go, don't need to like retread old ground, but you know, we've talked enough about Evil and Sonata this year for people to know what we think about that one and how that's probably looking more like a Greg's run for you, Benno, than, um, <laughs> than something that you're going to say. At least I know I'll have 20 minutes, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, they've quite consider- considerately put, taken that into account this year, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Get them always thinks uh, <laughs> Like Jeff Cobb Shingo, you're like, oh. At least he's getting a match. You, you know, you, you think of the alternatives that there could have been there, and there was, I don't know, there was, there was definitely a few better options there. And I don't know, I suppose it all just boils down ultimately to what happens on that second day main event and, you know, who it is that's going in there against Jay White. You know, you know you'd assume it's Bobby Kota. You'd, you'd, you know, you'd, you'd assume, but. Again, even still, like I know they had that great match last year, but again, it just—I don't know. There's something about it that just doesn't feel something missing. Isn't you it? can't can't put your finger on it. Yeah, it just feels like there's there's somebody or something at that top level. Like that's what I'm saying there. I'm almost like mm-hmm. looking out for that next match that's going to be announced. But actually, there isn't another top match that's going to be announced there. And mm-hmm. you know, I mentioned it previously. I think I think this is where you are starting to feel a little bit of the you know the 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 absence of the 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 better guide you know we've had over the last couple of years and um, been 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 built in there and I, th- I think it has taken something away from the the top end don't get me wrong I'm sure that both main events are going to be excellent excellent matches the, you know they're the, the put on but in terms of something that's got you like chomping at the bit like counting down the days to Wrestle Kingdom it's certainly not not that here and I'm I'm a bit the same as JP I'm going to fall into this trap of just been it just all been about yeah, fantasy booking in AEW, and I just, I, you know, I just keep thinking Kota Ibushi winning both titles, and Kenny the Belt Collector coming to complete that Golden Lovers storyline with with Kota Ibushi there and his two his two belts. Oh, no, one percent of my brain. One percent, you know, I alluded to it last <laughs> last week, but you know, one percent of my brain thinks there's half a chance of that happening. The ninety nine percent realist of me knows that it's not happening, but like, you know, but because of the way that things have gone recently with Omega and, and things like that. I think that's where like my brain's now going. I'm going into that like kind of fantasy realm of just expecting batshit crazy stuff to be happening to, you know, you know in, the, in the wrestling world today and like, fuck, like don't worry about you. Like you're messing about with your fucking impacts of, of, of this world. That's, that's the, that's the cross promotional storyline to, to end storylines there and talk about putting more, you know, I think it's a shot in the arm new Japan needs right now. And it's the thing that could like push AEW to the next level. And like, mm. like God, please let my 1% be correct, but it's not happening. So yeah. Why just, I, just a, <laughs> Thanks, Matt, you've set us all up now, Gareth. Yeah. <laughs> Is is that too much? After this 2020, wouldn't it be rewarding to start off 2021 with a hot multi-promotional angle done properly without those fucking twazics in Connecticut getting involved? Just just going like, you lot, fuck off out of this. You've got nothing to do with this storyline. We'll work out this shit ourselves. Wouldn't that be nice? But no. I'd take it. 
We're going to get, get you... fucking Sonada, aren't we? We're going to get evil laying out twats. whoever wins the title match at the oh, end of the night. Yeah, great. The glam rock crew are here to fucking save us in the 2021. The glam rock crew. <laughs> oh, they are. They're just the cast of Battlefield Earth at this stage. <laughs> just give them uh, some fucking platform boots and I'm done with it. That's it. That's it. Well, we've got another couple of weeks for them to announce stuff, but I don't think it's going to be anything game-changing. Look, maybe a couple of six-mans in there, Ishii will get thrown a bone and something like that. I think that's the, that's kind of the best we can hope for. I don't even know if a Rambo's been announced yet. Probably isn't it, being COVID times. I'd love, I'd take a Rambo, you know, get cheeseburger over. Never never six-man gauntlet. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, that's coming. That is coming. Um, <laughs> yeah, but again, we'll all be watching it. We'll be reviewing it, and I'm sure there'll be you know enough good to make it worthwhile. But yeah, like I said that on the last show. I feel like I'm on a delay from the rest of the world. And during the G1, I was able to put it to the back of my mind and be like, yeah, New Japan's not what it is, but I'm still having a good time covering the G1. And the G1 ended and it was like, oh, the cold reality of, of what New Japan is in 2020 and what it was at the start of the year, to be fair. And we all forgot when uh, when we went into lockdown and didn't really uh, give it much thought how weak things were looking in February and March anyway. Um, yeah, they really need to shot in the arm. Probably not going to be AEW, but... I don't know what that's going to be um, next year, but yeah. I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah, that pretty much uh, on that positive note brings us to the end of the show. <laughs> we got lots of positive stuff to look forward to, everyone. Like I say, we got a we will have our Wrestle Kingdom review. Um, before that, though, we'll like, like I mentioned, we'll be doing our our Q and A, our, our live Christmas show. Uh, hashtag Ask Grapple if you want to get some uh, some questions in early for that. That's going to be a good night, lads. I'm looking forward to that next Sunday. Hopefully, get a couple of uh, our mates to. Uh, to drop in as well and uh, and say hello during that live broadcast and and then yeah as well at the start of next year we got our our match of the year too so lots of specials to look forward to lots of uh, lots of plugs to get in there um anything you, you want to mention as well jp before we go yep recording the the off delayed tna round table the first of them just teasing night. us all at this point JP. no it's just uh, it's it's happened on more than one occasion that we've had to to kind of move stuff around. So uh, yes. yes, very very, yeah. Uh, so that's going to be there, and then um, hopefully be in everyone's feeds by Wednesday. So yeah. uh, have have a listen to that, as well as all the other stuff that we end up doing over the Christmas and New Year's period. Definitely. Anything from the me on front Twitter at JP. Oh, get that in. Get that in. Good lad. <laughs> <laughs> Anything from a grapple point of view, uh, Gareth. I mean, we've done a lot of fantasy booking uh, over the course of this show, or references to it. Um, some of that I mentioned probably a few weeks ago, maybe even a few months ago now, was um, was going to be running a bit of a competition to win uh, some free copies of um, TW. Um, so um, I'm fi- finally going to get around to doing that. So um, check out L, um, the grapple twitter feed at grapple app. Um, I'll be, be putting a tweet out there tomorrow that'll be just something that you need to um like and retweet in order to be entered into an opportunity to win that so if you're looking to draw that on christmas eve so that'll be a nice little christmas present for somebody and also a link there where if you you know if you if you don't win and you just fancy a bit of spare time on your hands over christmas and want to do a bit of uh, wrestling booking then um yeah you could order it through the grapple link and we get a little little kickback on that one so that'll be that'll be nice but i'll also be sending out a um email in relation to that so you'll be able to get all the the, the details about about that one so so look out for that but yeah give us a give us a follow on on grapple awesome. cheers yeah. grapple santa <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go 
I can't believe I paid the 40 quid for TW at this point. No, worth it, worth every penny, genuinely. Uh, if you, if you saw me doing my streams, uh, earlier in the year and, and JP as well, which we do want to, uh, redo at some point, uh, if my internet ever gets sorted out, it's probably the main uh, say, it, to that. Um, it, it, it relies on internet. We'll get there. Um, but yeah, well, I had a whale of a time playing that in uh, the start of lockdown. To be honest, it was definitely a, uh, a good thing to distract. If you're addicted to, you've been addicted to football manager in the, in the past, you will get addicted to a uh, TW as well. It's a, it is a great game and they did iron out a lot of the bugs that, uh, that it had uh, early in its run too. So yeah, hopefully, uh, lots of people enter that. Um, and also, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Benson Richie D. From my point of view, only plug really is just to mention like again that, uh, the show I did with Alan Farrell where we looked at, uh, Jamie Noble as James Gibson's uh, 2005 ROH run, which unbelievably was fantastic. Doesn't sound like it's something that uh, mm. if you're not familiar with his, uh, his indie run during that time when he got released from WWE. Some classic matches in uh, in that 2005 run we talked about uh, over at pwtorch.com. So uh, if you're not a subscriber already, uh, head over there and uh, and check that out. Um, but other than that, yeah, like I say, we will be back next week, next Sunday night, 9pm, uh, live on YouTube with our, our Q&A. Hashtag Ask Grapple um, for all of the uh, all of your questions. Throw us anything there, and we'll answer all that next Sunday. But in the meantime, happy Christmas, everyone, and we'll see you again next week. Bye. See ya. <laughs>